Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Criminal Connection podcast, Mr. No Clark. You just hate him or you love him. Right. I just got. I'm just that. I'm just that guy. Because there's only one. They were, no yeah, Clark. They, I think you're going to get the role. And by the end of that week, I had the role. Yeah. Well, I've had a bit of interest from others. Yeah. The mum, I've been off with this soap. Lord Jesus. <laughs> like, and I was just writing the whole time, writing the whole time. In that time, I wrote Kid Otter. Ooh, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> if you haven't seen Doghouse, me and Nal, we do look hot in a dress. Like Beyonce and Katy Perry, <laughs> one of the execs was just like, what if you directed it? He, he, he threatened to kill my children. That's a different level. I know the truth, and he, deep down he knows the truth. Ashley and I, in 2009, had created this TV show. I don't want to see you fighting aliens, I want to see you knocking some guy out. I said to Jason, listen, I'm writing, brother. And to build yourself back up again is really... It's about that. And he goes, bro, run. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So welcome to the Criminal Connection podcast with me, Terry Stone, the podfather. Today, we've got a very special guest. He is known as Noel Clark. He's a BAFTA-winning legend of the film industry, 
and a good friend of mine for a number of years. Welcome to the Criminal Connection podcast, Mr. Noel Clark. I clapped myself. <laughs> How are you doing? Sherman, Sherman, Sherman. <laughs> Where did we get that Nighty Professor no, thing from? Do, do you know something? For anybody who's watched uh, The Nighty Professor, I, I'm Sherman. I'm Cletus. And he's Cletus. <laughs> We've had this sort of uh, pet names, love names, whatever you want to years. call it. Years. <laughs> like 15, 12 years or yeah, something like that. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. But I'm glad you've joined us now. And, Thanks uh, for having me. I, 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 like, for, for, for all the people that are listening and watching this around the world, um, I think people don't actually know the, the real Noel Clark. They don't. They don't. Right? No, nobody really knows so, me. So, so, so the reason for me wanting you to come on the show is obviously to, to go back to when you was a kid. Yes. Right? And literally tell us about where you grew up and, yeah. you know, just your lifetime experiences growing up as a, as a kid in London. Yeah, well, I grew up in Labrador Grove. Um, which, you know, was a, later became called Notting Hill and everyone started giving it the sort of like, oh, la 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 di da But it weren't fucking la di da when I grew up, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was a badge of honour. Like, you told people you're from Grove, they stepped back. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was rough. It but then, was... then later on, did you then go, yes, I'm from Notting Hill? <laughs> no, I, I, I hated it. I hated it when it was what? called Notting Hill because I was kind of like, well, then, this is not... This is like all the people I know were getting pushed out, couldn't afford to live there. Like it wasn't, it wasn't I grew, I grew up. But interestingly, the, the specific area that I grew up is still underfunded. It's where Grenfell Tower is. Right, right. It's still underfunded. They ain't knocked that tower down yet. They ain't fixed it. They ain't, you know what I mean? That little area, that little pocket of North Kensington and right. Chelsea, right. the richest borough in Europe, has that little area of like council estates with Grenfell Tower, which they never fix because they don't want to fix it. Because if you fix it, people stay. And right. they want everyone to move out. Right. But, so I grew up there, mate, and it was, it was, it was a rough time. You know, Notting Hill riots. Right. Do you know what I mean? All Saints Road was a road, like, just the north of Labbott Grove, where if you was white or police, you couldn't go there. It was a famous road. All yeah. Saints Road, mate. You couldn't go there unless you knew certain people. Well, I, I remember You could probably there. go down there. Yeah, yeah, no, you I probably knew white. some people, yeah. <laughs> a few people down yeah. there. But I, I used to go around there, and there's, there was a great... Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a great... Uh, uh, Caribbean takeaway there that did the best jerk chickens. Well, yum yums. That's the one. Yum yeah. yums. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we we yeah. sometimes because obviously back then, are you talking about like eighties, nineties? Well, eighties I was about five, but okay, you know. I keep I'll, forgetting that you. I'm a bit, I'm a bit younger than you. Than you yeah, and I. a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but we used to always go through Leverett Grove on the on the way out of the yeah, West man. End. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, get get some uh, yard food as they call yard it. Yard food, man. From um, yum yums, yeah. Yeah, so that's where I grew up, man. And it was, it was, it's so difficult. It's so weird because, like, you know me. And I grew up, I grew up, like, not a gangster and not, not doing all that stuff. But all my friends around me were doing it. Right. And I don't know why. Like, I talked to my, my good friend who, you know, got a life sentence and is now out and he's doing good. But I talked to him, I'm like, I don't know why. But I've always been different. Right. Just like, you know, I know we get there later, but just like getting in the industry, when I sat down at the beginning of my career and I just looked, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over this thing. Right. right. It's not out of arrogance. It's not out of, it's firstly self-belief. You've got to believe in yourself. Yeah. Everyone reads these books like, oh, manifest it. But when, <laughs> but when, some, but when somebody has it, they hate them. Right, right, right. But I believe you. The first time you met me at the audition, you've already told me that you guys, when I left, you thought he's a bit arrogant. Do you know what I mean? And it's, for me... People thought that a lot, but for me, it wasn't arrogance. It's like, I believed, like, I believed. Like, when I came to that audition, I'm like, I'm getting this job. But you've got, I think, I'm you've getting got this job. To, I think whether you're an actor, whether you're a businessman, whatever you do in life, 
if you don't believe in yourself and back yourself, nobody else is going to do it. Sure, but this is more recent for people. It's, it's a recent thing, isn't it? Self-belief, self-belief. I mean, like 10 years ago when I was doing it, yeah. people just think, oh, fuck, he thinks a lot of himself. And so, but I was different back then when I was a kid. I just have that energy. Like when I, from, from five, six, I just have that energy. When I walked into a room, you just hate him or you love him. Right. I just got, I'm just that. I'm just that guy. But I've started calling you Marmite instead Mar of, of Cletus. Freddie calls me Marmite. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie, Freddie Kruger calls me Marmite. <laughs> so all my friends were doing bad, like bad shit, and right. I just was able to not do it. Yeah. I was fine when they were like, "Yo, bro, come on, like you need to do this, man, or, or let's do this thing." I'd be like, "Nah," I'll, and they're like, "If you don't, bro, if you can't be with us, you'll be on your own." I'd be like, "All right, cool. I'm happy. I'm happy in my own company." Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and I think if you're happy alone and you're happy in your own company, they lose the power over you. And I think, I think talking to anybody who's been involved in crime or doing anything they shouldn't be doing, I don't think anybody looks back on it and says, I'm glad I did that. Everyone always <laughs> regrets it. Yeah. So I think you made the right decision. Yeah, well, I wish I hadn't have done it now, because, you know, <laughs> done, a, done a bird, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. No. There's, no, there's no value in it, really. Um, there isn't. And, and, and I think... So, so but you don't always realise that. A mate of mine, when he knew he was going down, I said, well, that two weeks before they got you, what did you do? Like, were you terrified? He said, nah, I fucking went out and did armed robberies. Because I... <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. help, help, when you talk to these people, you're just like, you yeah, know what, I'm just going to go and get a cappuccino yeah. and I might actually get a fucking donut. Because you know he mean? said to me, he said, I, said, why, I said, but why did you do that? He said, because I knew they were coming for me anyway. So I just thought, what's another 10 fuck years? It. Yeah, what's another? <laughs> he just thought, I just thought, fuck it. I just go rob people now because they're coming for me anyway. And then they got him, but he, he served his time and he's a fucking model citizen now. Right. But I think, I think sometimes <clears throat> that's really one of the main reasons for doing this true crime podcast. Yeah. Because... You know, I think to be able to give people a message of, you know, this is, there's not one person has been on this podcast and gone, I've done all these crimes, I'm really happy about it, no. I've gone to jail and I'm going to do some more so I go back to jail. No, you know, but, but I think it's... Well, I can tell, I ain't done all these crimes and yeah. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think, I think it's good that you made that decision, but <clears throat> when was the calling for you um, with regards to like, was, was, was it drama, was it acting, what was the thing that that got you first, that you said, actually, I want to do that? Acting. So that was the, that was the draw. And was you looking at, like, a certain actor and thought, I can do that, or nah, I want to do that? there wasn't anyone. Right. There wasn't really anyone when I was... Because there's only one. There was, no, yeah, there, you there's only one. No. Well, firstly, <laughs> they only let one brother through at a time back in the days. So it was like Don Warrington on Rising Damp or some old show, old show. You know what I mean? And then it was, like, another right. ten years. Then it was Lenny Henry. Then it was another five years, and right. it was this person. So there wasn't really many people, to be fair. Right. And it was... Again, it was one of the things that like, I grew up with my mum. Right. I mean, my dad will sit here, he'd be fuming now because he, he, he now recollects that he was raised me, but, right. you know. But I the reality up, was you, you was brought up with your mum. I was yeah, brought up with my mum. Right. My mum, that was it. I knew, I knew where he was, I knew who he was, but my mum brought me up. Um, and so, but she had to work. You know what I mean? It's not like nowadays you leave your kid, they go, oh, your social services. She would like, right, here's your snacks. Boom, 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 boom. I'm at work today. Don't open the door for strangers. Right. This, that, and the other, and she's off to work, and I'm at home. So at home, I got my snack, I do my breakfast, my cereal, or me. Like, mate, I've got a 15 year old now, and he's like, Daddy, wouldn't the toaster? I'm like, mate, honestly, <laughs> when, I was, when I was seven, my mum was gone to work, I'm and doing I was, doing, I was yeah. doing all my stuff, and I knew not to put the knife in, you get electrocuted, like, you know what I mean? This kid's like, I'm in the other room, I'm going, I'm like, well, what's happening? Well, I put the knife in the, like, I was like, son, do you know what I mean? But that's I put the knife in yeah. the toaster. Yeah, but so, you know, I do my snacks and all that, and then I just watch TV. 
I'd just put on the TV and if I was playing with my toys or whatever, but the TV be on in the background. So I knew from like five, six, seven, I'm like, I want to be one of them people on the TV. Didn't know what it was, didn't know what it was called, didn't know how you did it. It was good that you had the calling though. And then, and then yeah, I just what, felt what was the, the steps for you from, Gan, that's what I want to do. Um, did you do drama at school? Or? I did drama at school. I made sure I'd always did drama at school. Um, then I did A-level theatre study. But well, firstly, I failed all my GCSEs right. originally. So I did drama, I passed drama right. and computing right. with a B, two Bs right. and I failed everything else. So when I went to college, I had to do everything again. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to like have a one-upmanship on you here now. But I actually failed everything. So. Failed everything. <laughs> but that, 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 that don't surprise me. No, no, no. So, so you know. Yeah. But, but I genuinely believe, like, I think exams are important. But I don't think no, they're boil and end all. No. And I think you've either got it in you or you haven't. Hundred so. percent. In the long run, what you it's too much pressure on kids with that because in the long run. Your, your, your hard work and your dedication matters, not those specific exams. But at the time, whatever, the drama at school, then I retook all my GCSEs, got what is considered passes, like C's or whatever. Right. I never excelled in anything apart from drama right. and media. Uh, and then I did A-level media, theatre studies and PE. Oh, and PE, PE. Right. Like, run, sprinting, running, only like, to, to this day, uh, to this day, only like three people have ever beaten me in like 200 or 100. I was fucking gone, mate. We haven't had a race yet, mate. I might be 52, mate. Yeah, but... yeah, 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 yeah. I think you beat me down to the fucking emergency room, mate. <laughs> Where's Terry? You're fucking in the hospital. <laughs> I told him not to race you. I told him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so, so, so that as well. So I was doing PE and I was doing drama and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And then I was just one of them guys. I'm like, how do I do this? So I, I fucking look and said, there's a thing called Contacts. It used to be this book called Contacts, which listed all the agents. I remember Spotlight, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a different one. It's called Contacts. Maybe it was done by Spotlight, actually. And it yeah. listed all the agents and all their addresses. Yeah. And I remember I used to send fucking, I'm an actor, I'm really good. And I would send hundreds out. I just kept bombarding, bombarding, just get ignored all the time. But do you know what, 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 what I find interesting about this? And obviously this is for any actors, any writers, any directors, any producers, anyone who wants to be in film or business, right? They don't see the struggle, they don't see the no, hustle. They, they just see you oh, doing he's done well. He's all right, he's lucky, he's had yeah, this. Yeah, how did he get that? But, yeah. but that, that just, from what you said straight away, you just get knocked back. 100%. So you get the resilience, but you fucking go again. Not you back, you just go again. Yeah, yeah. You go in post office, you're buying your stamps, you're buying your envelopes, you're printing your CV and all that, and then any little drama thing you do, you're redoing your CV, boom, send them out again. 50, right. 60, 70. All the agents, all the just send them out again. No responses, no responses. Whatever, you just keep going. So when when would you say was your your sort of breakthrough when somebody actually said, Yeah, no, come and have an audition, or yeah, no, I'm gonna put you in something. What was your first break that when you actually got something, you went, well, I'm actually working as an actor now. I've got well, drama. it was, um, so, because the drama wasn't happening, I kept doing it. I tried to go university, it wasn't for me. So then I was working in the gym and I was doing like, you know, personal, tra firstly, I was a lifeguard in the swimming pool. And I, again, when you talk about graft and talk about like, you know, how, I, how my brain processes things is, I worked in the sports center and I found out, I found out in the sports center that if you wanted to do a course, to progress on anything, they paid for half of it. So Sign me up. <laughs> I said, hold on. So, so I started off cleaning, like cleaning the, the water slide and all that, and then I was the water slide attendant. <laughs> bro, serious shit, bro. Man, I started at McDonald's. It sounds like a similar journey. Serious shit, stars, bro. You know water what slide mean? attendant, brother. <laughs> no, you ain't going. Just wait. Go. Who are you? Right, who are you? Are you? I'm the water side attendant. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I took that shit serious. And then, and then lifeguard, and then I, I realised they're gonna pay for shit. So. 
when it was time to do lifeguarding, bear in mind I'm a water slide attendant and cleaner, right? But they lifeguard, you're gonna pay for it. We'll pay for half of it. So how long have I got? Right. So I saved the money, boom, they pay for the something, then I'm a lifeguard. Then I realised, well, then they're gonna pay for half of it. I do my gym instructors as well. Then I become a gym instructor. Then I was personal training. Like I always thought to myself, I always looked at situations like, all right, cool, how can have, I have you ever disclosed the fact that you've you, you're, you're a qualified lifeguard. Yeah, many times. I didn't know if anybody knew, because if they didn't, if yeah. they remake Pay Watching Brighton, yeah. you could be getting a call. I'm like, yeah, possibly. Except <laughs> my boobs would be bouncing up and down, mate. I'll be Pamela Anderson. <laughs> mate, I got, when you get to my age, you've got to keep in shape, yeah, you know no, what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. I'll be Pamela, mate. <laughs> Some people playing in the darkness. Yeah, um, and then, so I did all that. I so had a vision it. of you in a blonde wig there. In the blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> I could pull that off. And then, um, so, so that's my point about the work ethic. I kept going. And so then I had an opportunity. There's a guy called Ricky Beetle Blair. He was doing a show called Metrosexuality. Um, it was a pilot for Channel 4. And they kind of said, if, if you get the job, then it, goes to, it might go to series and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mate, can I, can, I audition? can I audition for this? And he was like, how old are you? It's for a 16-year-old. How old are you? He was like, I'm 21. He's like, I'm too old. I said, mate, I promise you, I'll work harder than anyone you've ever seen. He said, all right, I'll let you audition. He said, I, I won't tell the channel. Right. I won't tell the channel how old you are. Look 16. I said, don't worry about that. You've always had that youthful look. Youthful look, right? Not right now, right? I look like cat weasel, but, <laughs> but I said, he said, look 16. So I've gone home. I'm like, shaved my fucking legs. I've like, took everything, like, you know, I'm ready to go. I've gone into that and I've, I've learned them lines back to front like I always did. I smashed it, smashed the audition. And I remember I, I, I caught the bus there and I walked home because like, I didn't have enough, that I hadn't been paid yet. I didn't have enough to get the bus both ways. So I got the bus there, walked home. And on the way back, they said, they, he said, they're so impressed with you. Said you, you better than all the actors that they had. I think you're going to get the role. And by the end of that week, I had the role. Amazing. And, but then straight away, I was like on the CV, even before it was finished shooting, on the CV, boom, 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 all the agents. Yeah. As soon as I got my scenes, and then when we did shoot it, as soon as I got my scenes, video, video cassette. Wow. Video cassette. VHS. VHS, right? So we don't even know what that is, but it was a big tape. Basically. Big tape. <laughs> Fifty. So I'm paying this out of my wages. Fifty VHSs, envelopes, stamps. Weigh that, weigh, you, you weigh it, remember? Because at the post office, you have to weigh it. You know what I mean? It weren't like a letter, first class in, you have to weigh it. I've done all that and I've sent 50, 50 out. Again, always in contacts. The 50 ones that I think are the best ones, right? Just from what I've heard or whatever, I get three responses. Finally. So all these years I've been doing it. Finally, I've got a bit of tape with some scenes on it. I send 50 out, I get three responses. How, how long would you say from when you started Sending, sending things, things out. out. How many years? Like four years, probably. So four years of being told <laughs> just no sent, or no response. No response. Yeah. Not told no. no response, Fucking no yeah, response, mate. No probably the assistant. I, I mean, that shows that. you like resilience, determination, not giving up. All the all the attributes people yeah. need to succeed. And then and, finally, and then, and then three responses. And who, who was who was that from? Was it was it agents? Agents. Right, three okay. responses, and two of them said no thanks. Right. Two of the responses were like thank you, but no thank you, and one of them which was an agency at the time called Gordon French. One of them said, yeah, we'll, we'll meet you, come meet us. So I've gone in there like, yeah, well, I've had a bit of interest from others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you <know>? yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what's happened? <laughs> yeah. I've had a bit of interest from others and, uh, you know, so I'm, I'd love to consider my options, but, you know, if you're interested, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're, I think, you know, we're interested. And then they took me on. Amazing. And that was the, that was the first agent. Right. One job that wasn't even out yet, no training, no nothing, but they were like, We'll give it a shot, see what happens. And then what happened from there? Was, was, uh, the, was that, were they good for you? Did they get you more? They were good. Right, right. So, I know they were a good agency. I know yeah, they were good agency. Yeah, they were good. So, so Metrosexuality came out, then it got made into a series. So suddenly, 
I'm leading a six-part series. So they were like, oh, fucking hell. So then they started getting me like the little, the bill. Yeah. Little episode of Holby, Casualty, all that sort of stuff. What did you do in Holby? Uh, what did I do in Holby? I was a casualty, I was, you know, I got... Now, norm- norm- normally you either do your leg or you have a car crash. No, it was a... <laughs> what was it? I don't remember what it was, but I right. died I died in the end. Oh, okay. Like and then the bill, I was in the bill with Reggie Yates. The yeah. episode was with Reggie Yates. But this is the interesting thing. And this is where, again, much like I told you about when I was a lifeguard and I started looking at the, the, the environment. So I'm doing casualty, I'm doing the bill, just these little things, you know. Oh, there's one episode of this thing coming. I mean, and, and, and bear in mind, there's a lot of things I didn't get. Right. But, you know, odd casualty bill, odd thing, whole bit, whatever. I'm sitting there like, everyone around me like, oh, well done, well done, well done. I'm sitting there like, I don't like this. I'm like, I'm more than this. I can do more than this. I know I can. So I start saying to my agent, see that thing you sent me, that script you sent me, um, and I'm going up for like Tyrone or Thug number two. So what about that, that role of John, like the main role? Oh, darling, <laughs> darling. Listen, look. Actors that have got training and blah, 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 and you're just, you know. You didn't go to Arda. You know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, basically, basically, and, you know, you're not right for John. I said, well, why can't I be John? You know, so I started questioning, and they would, you know, just basically get back in your box. box. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was like, I don't like this. And I'm reading these scripts. I think, this is shit. This is, I know this is shit. But my mum's always said to me, like, don't talk about someone's job unless you tried it. Right. How can you tell you that the shoemaker don't make good shoes if you ain't fucking tried to make a shoe? You ever tried to make a fucking yeah. shoe? No, right. So I'm like reading these things like, this is shit. I know it's shit, but I can't say it's shit unless I've tried to write. So I started, you know, I started buying my writing software. I started buying screenplays. I would go to like bookshop and buy screenplays, just scre- like not even books. They got, used to sell screenplays in like- Yeah, I remember in, in uh, Fable. Is it Fr- Samuel French? In the books, Fables? Yeah, fa- yeah, Fables and all that. So I would buy screenplays. So I started reading them and I'd read this shit and I think this is shit. Started writing, just on the side, just started writing on the side. And I wrote a couple of things I'm like, my thing's better than this, but who, do, who am I, you know? And our agent would be like, put me up, and then they started saying, oh, you know, you're getting a bit of traction, but no one thinks you're trained, and, you know, maybe you should just go in a soap. You know, we can get you in a soap. And I said, nah, I don't want to do a soap. What do you mean? What do you mean? I remember, I remember specifically the word. She said, what do you mean? You're a kid from a council estate. You know, a soap could potentially, potentially give you 50 grand a year, maybe more. That's more money than you've ever seen in your life. And I think we can get an offer on this soap. She told me, and I remember then they come in with an offer. I said, no, I ain't doing it. I remember I, I, remember, <laughs> I, remember I told my mum, I said, mum, I've been offered this soap. Oh, yes. I said, it's going to be about 70 grand a, a year. Lord Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Like, happy, happy. Right. And then she, she let her finish. I said, I'm not doing it. She said, oh, God, what did I do to deserve this? But like, <laughs> I said, I'm not doing it. I said, I'm not doing it. I said, I can do more. You sure? I said, yeah, I can do. I, I said, I know I can do more. Like this, I know I can do more. Think, I'm not disrespecting though. them, but I know. No, but you know your worth. I said, I know. But I didn't have any at the time. I just knew. No, but that's what I mean. You knew your yeah, worth. Yeah, I just fucking yeah. knew. I just knew. And I'm writing and writing. And so I didn't do that. And then I just kept getting knocked back. Like, you'd got no training. And I'll try to, can I go for these other roles? You've got no training. You've got no this. You've done, and then it was, you've done no theatre. You've done no theatre. I said to my agent, uh, we need to, I need to do theatre. She said, well, I can get you some small plays. Did a couple of little small plays no one's ever heard of. Then I got an Oval House play. Then I got a Royal Court play. Then I won a Lawrence Olivier Award. Like the fucking theatre the award. And then I was like... So I didn't even know that. Now, what was that for? It's a play called Where Do We Live? At the Royal Court Theatre. The Royal Court's... The Royal Court. Yeah. Directed by Richard Wilson. Starring Adam Garcia from Coyote Ugly. Daniel Evans, big theatre director now. Jemima Rupert. 
Nicholas Aaron, wow. Susanna Barker, like some good actors, some other fucking prick I won't mention, but yeah. he might come up <laughs> later. Um, I'm fucking prick. Anyway, and so I did that play and I won a Laurence Olivier Award, which is like the fucking award. And then, yeah. then suddenly people were like, oh, who's this? Who's this new actor that we've been hearing about? I'm like, I'm like, fucking new? It's been six years. Right. Fucking new. And I was just writing the whole time, writing the whole time. And I wrote, in that time I wrote Kid Odd. Do you know what's amazing? Like, um, you kind of done the drama at school, but you didn't classically train at no. a theatre, uh, you know, a, a drama school, being a tree for three years. No. Um, you didn't go to a, a writing school to learn how to write. You've, no. you've pretty taught much self taught. Yeah. Um, which is remarkable. And yeah. then, and then, Kid um, you know, and, and one of the reasons for me wanting you on this show is because um, you, you've, you, you created, if you like, um, Genre. the first hood yeah. franchise. Yeah, 100 and, and, and I think when, where, was Kid Outward 2004 it came out? Six. 2006. It was filmed in 2004. Bear in mind, bear in, mind I wrote it in 2000, in 99, 2000. Yeah. The director come on board in 2001. Yeah. It was cast in 2003. Wow. Collapsed. The whole film collapsed as films go down, you know, they oh, yeah. go down. Come back in 2004. Yeah. Shot in December 2004. Right. Then no one wanted to put it out. Come out in, in 2006. I mean, I, I mean, we did that Rolling with the Nines film. Yeah, that's right. In, uh, in, in 2000. And it was four. after. Yeah, it was after, and wasn't it? It come out, I think it was the same year, 2000. And, uh, it's either 2005 or 2006. But what was really interesting for me is the way Roland Nine's come back, because as you know, I used to be in the rave scene, we used yeah. to do Gavage Nation, One Nation. And one of my mates who was in, in the scene, he actually said to me, he said, Terry, he said, nobody's ever done like a, a British Boys in the Hood. And he mm. goes, we should do one. And at the time, Kano, Estelle, Dizzy Rascal, all these characters were Coming up. like friends of ours. Yeah. And we got them all in the movie. And I remember hearing... <clears throat> And I don't know if we was filming Rolling with the Nines or we filmed it, um, but then I heard about Kid Elton and I was like, that sounds interesting. And obviously we didn't know each other then. No. Um, but Kid Elton had come out, I remember it was a massive success. Yeah. Air One come out, it didn't get a big cinema release, um, but it still got back on the it still won yeah. a few awards um, and did good business. And we, I never, think, we never got no awards. But, Kid Elton got nothing. But I think that, that moment was, you know, 2004, 2005, was when that new genre... 100%. Um, it was literally like, in America, it had already started. It had been done, yeah, Boys and Hood and all that, we, yeah. But we done the... the we, well, you started, obviously, with, with the kid out then we did Ronald with the Nines. Yeah. But it, it was really a celebration, I think, of, um, of of what was going on, because, because you know, like you said earlier, when when you watched anything on TV or any films... Weren't represented. British, it was always like, oh, there's, there's somebody over there who, yeah. who, who's doing whatever and, yeah. and and there wasn't really representation and you know I've always loved urban music I mean when I used to put Gary's Nation on and, and One Nation which was drum bass and Gary's before that I grew up on reggae I was going to like yeah. reggae dances I've always been into like that music you, you know weren't doing I mean? a blackface were you pardon you weren't oh, putting on a blackface no 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 nothing <laughs> I'm joking, like that I'm but all my pals but the thing <laughs> yeah, for me is, I don't know do you know what's really funny like my, my my family would listen to like fucking Elvis Presley and Sinatra yeah. and all that stuff I went into any of that. I was always into... Yeah. In, I mean, just, when, call, just calls you. Just when I was 13, right, I was had a bit of lino. And I was break, break dancing. dancing. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's where the name Terry Turbo come from. You right? still got it. Yeah, not the lino. Right? <laughs> no, the, still got the, the moves. Name. The moves. I'm sort of... <laughs> 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 um, but... Come here. <laughs> 
Ooh, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> All right. But, um, but, 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 <coughs> but I was into to wrapping it up then. I, yeah. I think I even stole one of them Volkswagen signs off someone's car. Oh, we all did that. The fucking Mercedes, you break the Mercedes <laughs> off and wear it on the fucking neck. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing is, I was always, I just, it was, for me, it was just like, great. So when I actually got into promoting, I wanted to promote that urban music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and for me, you know, Rolling the Nines come along and it was, it was, it was a great movie. I watched Kid Outward, great movie. And I was like, wow, you know, there needs to be more of these. And then obviously then after Kid Outward, uh, tell us what happened with that. Cause I mean, it had a big cinema release, didn't it? Um, no, no, it was only on, what's interesting about Kid Outward was, it was, you know, when we first were pitching it, no one wanted to make it. Right. Then we got it made privately. I didn't raise the money. I was nothing to do with that. And the money come up and then we made it and then no one wanted to put it out. So it sat on the shelf for two years. Then it right. come out in 2006. But what's interesting, it was only on 54 screens. See, I always thought it was on 100 plus. Nah, because it made it, it made like fucking 600 grand. So that's, what, that's what I thought it was on so many. Nah, wow. they were packed. Cinemas were packed. It's like 4,000 pound screen average. Wow. Like it's packed. See, like that means that basically your, your, your screens are like the old days where people were sitting next to you. You're like, why is he next to me? Getting yeah. in the, like, <laughs> they were cinemas Put your hands your popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was four, 54 screens only. Amazing. And, um, but what was interesting about that, and I'm going to tell you a secret that you might not know. This was the first time I started seeing the haters. Right. And I remember some of the boys from Rolling Woods and Nines was after, they were after me. They wanted to hurt me. Really? Yeah, yeah, because they were told that I was insulting the movie. People <laughs> said, like, he's been, oh, he's been out there insulting your movie. Right. And this, that, and the other. And I was like, I, you know. Did you know, did you know was it the, the North Lot? Because there was... I don't know, mate. I don't well, know. Okay, so there was a North London... Uh, I don't know yeah. who it was. But I, I remember hearing about it and like thinking, what well, fucking why? Have you been insulting the movie and all that? And I'm like, I never did that. But here's a secret that people don't know. Because I've had that a lot, where people go tell Rap Man, oh, he's insulted your movie, or tell this person he's insulted your movie. Like It's, it's, it's always the movies that are similar to mine, where the people say right. he's insulted it. But here's a secret. I made a very, very important promise to myself at the beginning, especially when I started hearing this shit. Says I'm never gonna insult any of those movies, no matter, no matter what, no matter who's in them, no matter. I mean, what, there's one fucker that I'd insult his movies, but we'll talk about that in a minute, right? <laughs> but ne I'm never gonna do that. Right. And the reason, that, and you know how I'm never gonna do that? And this is the secret: I ain't gonna watch any of them. Right. To this day, when I sit here in front of you, I ain't watched Rolling. Right. I ain't watched even my mate, like people like Femi that I love and respect. I ain't watched Intent. Right. I, I ain't watched none of them because I thought to myself, if I don't watch them, then I got no opinion, right. and then people can't say I've insulted them. They still say that anyway. Right, right. But I've not watched. I didn't watch any of them. I've not watched any of them. Yeah. The only ones I've watched in our genre is is, is my own ones. Right. To this day. Yeah. But it's it's very interesting. That even back then, people they find a way to pit people against each other. Do you know do, what I mean? You know what, and it's always in this genre. No, but I think I think. In, in life, whether it's film, whether it's television, whether it's business, I think people, um, you know, people, so I've, I've always looked at competition as being healthy, right? Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I don't really compete with anybody. I, I compete with myself. Myself, yeah. Right? But lots of people think, oh, you know, it's a game and all this. And I think people think that if they throw a banana skin under what you're doing or yeah. they say something to somebody, and the thing is, Normally what happens... <laughs> well, it does work. But, but, but what, what, what does happen is people, the, the genuine people will come up to you and go, that, that, I nearly said a naughty word then, but that, right, person, that person said X, Y, Z about you, and it's good for you to know that because then obviously you can just park them up. 
but, but unfortunately, lots of people don't do that. Yeah, but also I, sometimes they say that when you ain't said anything. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So, 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 so what, what I've noticed about life, and, and you know, my wife had a similar thing. She, she was around some people, and one of, the, one of her friends were, was being a little bit offish with her, and she was a little bit like, you know, I don't get what, 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 why. I'm, and I'm like, listen, I said, just cut the person out of your life blank them, don't speak to them, don't engage them. If they want to be like, just fuck them off. Yeah. Life's too short. Yeah, 100%. Right? And it turned out that one of her so-called friends that she'd known for a long time... They'd been telling the had, other had one. been talking shit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And putting shit in her head. And, and the only reason I found out is because this um, woman, who is a dear friend of theirs, yeah. right? But almost wasn't because of what this person yeah. had done, actually turned around and said, um, I was actually on a train, and I'm sat on a train... And her ex-husband gets on. And he goes, hello, mate, how you doing? And I'm like, yeah, sweet, how are you? Oh, got divorced. I'm like, oh, sorry about that, you know, blah, blah. Mm. And he goes, I can't believe, you know, what your missus was saying about her, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I'm like, what are you talking about, mate? Yeah, she won't say anything. And he goes, well, that's what she said. <laughs> and I went, listen, mate, I said, I yeah, said you yeah. think that me and my wife are going to go around fucking bickering and talking yeah. shit about people? Like, yeah, got things I to said, do. you're fucking mad. I said, and I said, I said, you know... And I sort of kind of put it on him a little bit. And he yeah. was a little bit like, you know, all right, calm down. I said, mate, I said, I'm just fucking telling you how it is, mate. Yeah, 100%. I said, I'm not one of these people standing at the school pregnant going, oh, do you know what she yeah, said? Do you know, do you know what, what so said? and so, yeah, yeah, I yeah. said, I couldn't give a fuck what she says 100%. or what you think or what she thinks, yeah. right? End of. This so is he's then got off the train and ran and gone the fucking hell. She, yeah, he right? said, she never all, said it. But then all of a sudden it's like, then it's all sweet again. Yeah. But obviously if we'd never had that conversation, 100%. we'd have never known. And it just shows that the world is full of poisonous people. 100%. It's full of snakes. It's 100%. full of people who, you know, in this country, and I think someone said to me, and I love this, uh, we had this amazing woman on it the other day who is a police hostage negotiator. Right. And I'm chatting to her about stuff. One of the big things she's done is psychology. And she actually said to me, in the world, she said, it's, it, it's crabs in a bucket. Yeah, 100%. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, like, one of the crab starts getting out, starts achieving. Yeah, I was pulling back all down. All the crabs go, no, come yeah, back down that. here. I'll pull you back down, yeah. And it, and it is literally like that in life. And when I had that analogy, I actually thought to myself, I thought, do you know what, it's right. And, and I've always celebrated success. Like, you know, if you said to me tomorrow, I'll win the lottery, I'll go, well done, mate. Well done, mate, If yeah. you said to me, I've done this business idea and I've made a billion. 100%. Right? Yeah. I'd be like, Fantastic. Why don't you fucking let me get some shares? Yeah, yeah, right? possibly, yeah. I do not want people to fail. I do not enjoy people suffering unless they fuck me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then fuck them. Fuck them. Then fuck them, yeah. yeah. But genuinely... Fucking I, banana skin. Yeah. Have that. <laughs> That's yeah. ten. Have ten banana skins. Fucking pour the barrel out, yeah. Um, but, but genuinely, I've, I, I, and I think that's one of the things that people in the world need to do. So it doesn't matter what religion you are, we're all one, right? 100%. And, and if everybody in the world wanted everybody to succeed, right? Be a much better place. The world would be great. Everybody would crack on. And I think, like, growing up, I grew up similar to you, single parent, no money, council estate. And I think when you're growing up in that environment and you haven't got anything, right, when you get something, you appreciate it. 100%. Right? And, and I think a lot of people um, are told they can't do things. I was told that all the time. You can't do things. You're not good enough. You're, you're, all the time. When I was on the council estate, I used to walk down to the town centre and I used to walk past all the fucking expensive houses and I'd look at them and I'd go, I'm going to fucking live in my 100%. Place. And I always said to myself, I want to get off the estate. 100%. Yeah, right? yeah no, I and, feel and, and the thing is, but, but the problem is, I think if you listen to the bullshit and you listen to the narrative, 
You have to go to school. You have to get your exams. You have to go to university. You have to get a proper job. You can't do this. You can't do that. So then you, you just literally stay on your own. But I think what they should be teaching people is like, you can achieve anything you want. You can achieve right? anything you want. Just, you just have to believe in it. You don't have to read, the, got, se- you don't have you... To read the secret. You don't have to get nah. self-help books. Nah. As long as you go, I'm fucking doing that. You're putting 100% effort and you do everything in your power to get it, you will get it. It might take you a year, it might, it might take, take you 10, you ten years. years. That's what I told my kids. It's like, you can do anything. Absolutely. I said, the reason you guys don't know how to fucking use a toaster and your privilege is because I busted my ass that you had a better life than me. Yeah, I bought you a toaster. Do you know what I mean? And I bought you a knife to put it. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I'm saying? You ain't spreading it with your fucking hands or anything like that. Yeah, we did but, it the but, old school way. Yeah, yeah, but do you know what I mean? I've told them that. Yeah. It's like, you're, so you're privileged. You lot are privileged because, because I busted my ass. Do you know what I mean? That's the point. Because like when they said, oh, he's never done theatre, he can't do it. I won, I won there and I say their award because it's like, it's an industry award, isn't it? The Olivier, the Laurence Olivier. If you, everyone was like, if you win one, it's this. And then I got it and they were like, oh. Did you go out and buy a cravat? You must have done in a silk, silk I think dressing gown. I, I, <laughs> no, I think I wore a cravat for my first bath. I think I wore you a get, scarf. got a little moustache with a little curly. <laughs> I, wore, I wore a cravat. <laughs> no, fuck that, man. I remember the guy next to me was nominated as well, mate. And he was like, when they said, and the nominations are, he fucking gripped my leg. He was sweating, he was like that. He was like that. And I'm just thinking, I don't give a fuck. I didn't even know how important it was at the well, time. If I get it, you know I get I mean? it. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, but I don't. Sometimes if you go in with that attitude, then, you know, you got it. So. I go in always with that attitude, always with that. Auditions never bop, like I said to you, when I came to the doghouse audition, you were there. Like, I was like, I'm getting this job. Uh, when I was coming, I'm like, I'm getting this job. But I thought to myself, if I don't get it, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Do you know what I mean? And I did. It was great. Do you know what, though, now? If you hadn't got that job, we'd never dressed up as a pair of girls, would as we? A, as women, 100%. We actually, I mean, if you haven't seen Doghouse, me and Nal, we do look hot in a dress. We do. Well, I think I look... It was like, it was no, like, it was like Beyonce and Katy Perry. <laughs> it was like Beyonce and Katy Perry at a dance-off. Like, we just were so hot. Like... I think sometimes they mistook us for some of the girls in the thing. Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean, that song, Don't You Wish the Girl, was, was hot, hot like me. me. That was actually Written, a song on it. They, that was, I reckon Michelle Scherziger saw that movie and went, I'm, I'm te- writing, I no be- one Terry. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I believe, well, we did look hot, mate. We, we did, did look hot. We did. <laughs> I, I should have shaved my legs, though. That was one regret. No, Somebody... no, no. You're an independent woman. You don't oh, have okay. to shave your legs, mate. <laughs> If you want armpit hair and... That's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all, all good. good now. It's all good, man. That's good. Don't have to shave your legs, but, brother. But before we get on the doghouse, obviously, you did kid out. Did kid out. come out, big success. Big success. And then what happened for you there? Because did you do Doctor Who after that? I'd straight at the same time. Kid Outhood, well, Kid Outhood was done before, then I got Doctor Who. Because as I said, you know, as I was grafting and starting to get things, I started getting, like, I went to Alvida St. Pet, massive audition, massive audition. Yeah. Alvida St. Pet, and I was like, I'm getting this job. And I remember I got the job, and then they said, oh, you can't have it, you can't drive. And they said, you know, we need to sort the visas out in two weeks' time. I was like, got to pass my test. Fucking went and did lessons, passed my test in two weeks. I was like, there you go. They were like, oh, great. He's got the job. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Six months of fucking in Arizona and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I feel the same pet was like classic, massive. And it was a great yeah. show. Doctor then, Who, a great show. 100%. And then I got Doctor Who as well. You know, and I remember Doctor Who, again, I walked in. I, I tell you, I saw people I saw at the audition, big stars now. And they're all bigger stars than me at the time. But the people I saw coming to audition and... I was like, I'm getting this job. I was like, I'm getting this job. I, just, I walked into everything. Like, if I didn't get it, I wasn't gutted. Wow. I won't, didn't go home crying. I was like, man, didn't get it. But every job I walked into, I'm like, I'm getting this job. And if I saw people, like, how you doing, mate? But people felt uncomfortable because straight away, I'm like, how you doing, mate? You good? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think... Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm getting but, this. But, but that is a good mindset. I think 100%. Any, any actors watching this, 
when you go into audition, you have to cite yourself. I'm getting it. Well, also, they, mo- most it, of them are on tape. Most of them are on tape. They rarely go in anymore. Yeah. It's on tape. But even then, I'm like, I'm get, I'm getting this job. That's that's how, that was my mentality all the time. And then you know, Kid Otto came out at the same time as Doctor Who. Big thing. Everyone's like, who's this new actor? I'm like, new. Ten fucking years. I won an Olivier, don't you know? Yeah, five, four years ago. Um, but it is what it is, right? As soon as you get a rising star, yeah, yeah, ten year overnight success. Thanks, mate. And then um, I wrote, I started writing other films. Right. I sending them to everyone, and everyone was like, nah, nah. And I wrote all these films, and people just passed on everything. All these scripts, people just like, nah, nah, nah. And then I just thought, I don't get it. What, like? How did I have a success? Like, you're supposed to succeed at something and people go, oh, that's great, let's do something else. Nothing. So then I wrote Adulthood. I just wrote it on spec. Like, I wasn't paid to write it. I just had an idea and I was like, I'm going to write Adulthood. That was the movie though, wasn't it? That was the one that done the big box office. That was the one. That was the one. But what's interesting about that is I wrote it, the producer weren't interested, the director weren't interested, he's like, nah, I'm not interested. The producer kind of weren't interested, he's like, nah, ain't going to do like the first one, not interested. So then Pathé literally were like, well, if the whole team's not there, we don't really know if we can make the movie. And then just what I remember, one of the execs was just like, what if you directed it? And I was like, I'm not a director. I'm, like, I'm not a director. And then I, he said, all right, well, let's just think about it because if we don't know who can do this material, you know, blah, blah. And I was on my own, I got home to my missus. I said, my babe. She's like, yeah. You never guess what these idiots said. These idiots said, why don't I direct the film? Like, fucking hell, I might direct in 10 years or whatever. I'm going to direct now, I'm an actor. And she was like, she said, babe, eight years ago, I was lending you money to get to auditions. How do you know in 10 years you'll be in a position to direct? Why don't you just take the opportunity? And I was like, I knew I was with you for a reason. And I called them, I said, I'd do it. And they, you know, started having their meetings. Well, he says, first time, do you think you can do it? And then they made me do a, they made me do a pilot, like a, made me, so you do like a mini, not a short film, Right. It's almost like a test. So you shoot scenes, sequentials. There's not even a short film that you could end up. It's like, they go, that portion of the film, we'll just pull out. We want you to shoot that. Right. We want you to cast it, cast it, prep it, shoot it, post it, whatever. You pass that, you get your movie. Right. We don't think it's good enough. No movie. Bear in mind, everyone's left me. Director don't want to do it. Producer don't want to do it. So I'm like, fine, I'm going to do it. You know, Damien Jones comes on, he's helping out. So I do this test. I do this fucking test, man. Brian Tofano DPs it. I do this test. I cast it. I cast Plan B. Class, what's his name? And, and Don Class. And Was this 2006, 2007? 2006. 2006, right. And no, this is 2005. Yeah, six, early six. Um, and then I shoot it, go post, do the post-production, pass the test. They go, finance. You're done. You're finance. And then... Again, adulthood was like... That point, at that point, do you take a breath and think, it's actually quite no, easy? No, I didn't. <laughs> I never did. And it was, this is my problem. I never took a breath. Every time I achieved something, because I'm goal-orientated, so every time I did it, I'm like, right, what's next? Every fucker told me, you can't do this, right? You can't write, you can't star and direct in the same film. It's unheard of. People don't do that in this country. When it, when it flops, you only have yourself to blame because you've taken on too much. So I'm like, cool, cool. I'll have a good story to tell my kids one day. Yeah. Daddy made a film Daddy once. Up, yeah. Daddy made a film once, didn't work, but if you want to watch it, you can. Or I'm going to do what I know I can do. Yeah. And then and you're all going to eat shit. Yeah. And that's what happened. I was eating shit. I was eating shit, brother. Was it three and a half mil at the box office? 3.4, yeah. Which is, I mean, for an independent, independent low budget British film. On 150 screens. And what a lot of people don't know watching this, um, and as an independent filmmaker, I can 
verify this, independent films to get over a million at the box office, it's a stroke of luck or it's a stroke of genius. And if you look at all the movies that are out there, you know, the superhero movies, the studio movies, they're all spending 10, 15 million marketing. on the art, advertised marketing. Air Little Films have yeah. a few hundred grand behind. A few hundred grand behind, right? especially so, back then. So for, for, everyone for you, was scared. For, but for you to be able to achieve that with that We film. made 1.2 on the first weekend. 1.2 yeah. on the opening weekend. On the Friday night, when it, Friday night it come out, Saturday morning it was number one in the box office. Which, Saturday morning. That's, that's in, front of, in front of Incredible Hulk, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull and Sex in the City movie and Adulthood was number one. And all the America, apparently all the Americans called up the fucking English agents were like, what the fuck is this movie? What is it? What do, do we, are, we, are we missing out? What is it? Right. Obviously, it was like a British movie. It didn't really fit right. their market. But at the time, they didn't know what the fuck it was. Did, did I not get it? It went out in America, didn't it? No. I didn't. No. I thought they, somebody would have had a go. No. No, no it, was before, it was before the interest. Right. It's like, not like now, these rappers here. Like I went to Canada in the summer and my, my Canadian cousins and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, what music are you into? Like, they're like Central C. Oh, yeah. The UK rap is amazing, big around the world now. I'm like, I wasn't shocked because he's brilliant, right? But I was like, the world's changed. Like Central Sea's big in Canada, right? When when Kidhood and Adulthood were getting made, they weren't used to British culture like that, so it no, wasn't. Like, that, that, it was like you you have that little rap thing in England, and we'll have our big rap thing. Yeah, over here. yeah. But the UK rap now, it's like we've stolen the American rap. Yeah, I know. Made it our own, I and know. that's what I love about it. Well, it's our own thing, and, and it's, it's 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 traveling. It's travels now, which is good. Australia, Canada, you know, it, it's good. So big up, and then Adulthood was massive, and then that was it. Just went from there, and then not long after we'd done them. Um, so we so 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 we met. After Adult would come out. After Adult would come out, and uh, and and obviously we met at the audition. That's the first time we met, and then obviously you got the part in uh, Doghouse. Yeah, and uh, I think that actual experience. I always remember it, it, it was in a disused mental home. <laughs> yeah, mate. I was scared fucking shitless, mate. Every we, night. Everyone said it was haunted. But right? I'm, I'm telling you, I swear <laughs> I saw Obi Wan Kenobi walking one night. I used to run to my room like Use down that hallway. No. Mate, honestly... And then you had somebody on the other side going, come to the dark side. And you're like, I don't know, go left or go right. Honestly, when it, was, when it got nighttime there and there, mate, them hallways, man. Well, it was weird. Like, the, I mean, I know this sounds really bad, but, the, the, you know, there was no toilets. It was like an old sink that you had yeah. to use. Yeah. And, and it was literally like a mattress on a floor. Yep. And I'm sure there was bugs in there. I mean, it was like absolutely... It, it was literally and like... we shot the whole film there. We were there for yeah. like four weeks, five weeks. We, we moved into to a tissues mental asylum yeah. where people probably died in there. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was... Well, Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan Kenobi died in there. <laughs> he did. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy that played Dracula. When I heard that, I was like, mate, the last thing I want to see is Obi-Wan Kenobi's ghost fighting fucking Dracula and then spot me. I would run out of that fucking... Place. I'd run so far. Yeah. But that was... I mean, we had a good laugh doing that film and, uh, um, you know, again, I, I think... When you ever, whenever you have a uh, a chance to go away somewhere for four or five weeks with people you don't know, you 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 get a bond. And uh, you know, I, I think out of all the people on that film, uh, we definitely yeah we yeah we, we did, gelled, yeah. we had a laugh. Yeah, gelled, yeah. And uh, I remember you just had your ba- your first baby. That's right. Um, and your missus come down on the weekends to see you and with uh, the little one, yeah. Um, and I, I I always remember, and you know. I always sort of judge people on, you know, how they how they sort of behave and how they um, interact with me, you know. And and at the time, 
you were you still know, quite new, weren't you? Well, yeah, I've been do, I've been in the business like four, three or four years. You know, I was really green behind the ears, really. And um, we got on, and I, I always remember my daughter come on the set, um, and uh, I think we did something on the set, um, you know, and all the rest of it. And then she was she was turning sixteen, yeah, and she had a birthday thing That's in, right. in Southampton. I remember. Uh, Saying to me, Dad, oh, it was so cool meeting Noel, you know. Would you so come cool. down? And, and I think you come out with a cake, you made a fuss of her. And I, I actually thought at the time, I thought, I've only met this guy for a few weeks, right? And we ain't mates, but we have become mates. And yeah. I just thought, he, he, he didn't need to do all that. But, yeah. you know, she appreciated that. And then when she said to me, Dad, I'm doing this uh, birthday thing, you know, would, would, would you be able to bring Noel down? And I remember... We finished filming. We'd obviously had our transgender moment where we dressed up as women dressed up, to escape yeah. from the Zombirds. Yeah, the Zombirds. If, if you know what a Zombird is, you've got to watch. Watch Doghouse. You've got to watch Doghouse, right? Yeah. Um, and um, uh, I remember literally um, ringing you up and saying, Noel, look, you can tell me to fuck off if you want, but it's my, my daughter's 16th birthday. You met. Down? Would you come down to Southampton? Yeah. yeah, it really mean a lot to her. And you went, absolutely. And I said, look, I'll pick you up. We're going to have something to eat. And uh, you said to me, yeah, all right, sweet. I I'm, bought that little rat with me, didn't I? Your, 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 your BF at the time. Yeah, my, my <laughs> fucking rat bag. <laughs> and, and I remember picking up uh, your friend and you. Say his name, rat bag. No. <laughs> um, Adam Deacon. Fucking Noel rat Clark. bag. Yeah. We, we, we went to a Chinese restaurant. We're having this great Chinese meal. And... You said, and I don't know if you'd co-written it with him or he'd written it and you were trying to do it together, but you was talking about doing a spoof mm. hood movie. Yeah. Um, and I remember like going, oh, you know, we should do something, whatever, whatever. That's right. We went down to my daughter's birthday and you and Adam turned up. And I remember saying to you at the time, I don't even know who Adam Deacon is. And you yeah. went, he's in fucking kid outhood. And I was like, oh, I said, right, yeah, okay. But, but I didn't, I think because I... I I watched Kid Outward as a movie, just like I watched Ryan Reynolds' movie, and I didn't really get into, like, people being my favourite actors. Like, yeah, yeah, If you'd yeah. have said to me who's my favourite actor, I'd have said, like, Al Pacino, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert De Niro, Denzel Washington. But, yeah. but obviously, if I, if I it, you know, I didn't know who Adam Deacon was, really, other than he'd been in one of your films. Yeah. But then when, when we walked in, she was like, oh, my God, you bought Adam Deacon, oh, my God, you bought Adam yeah. like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I remember all her friends were like, oh, they my fucking me, God. Yeah. Right, and you guys wanted Mike. He was jumping about. Yeah, I mean, made her birthday. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I and I remember driving you guys home, and I just thought, you know what? These guys have done this for me as a favour, and I felt like I owed you both. Yeah. Right? And then I, I, that was the point when I said to him, "Listen," I said to you, "Listen, help my mate out with some films." And people don't know this; they think that I put him in stuff, but I, I put him on. Like I got right. introduced him to you no, and loads right, of people, that, and you that, gave him like eight, 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 nine jobs probably. You, you gave me. Uh, you introduced me at the time we were going to do it together. And then I don't, I don't know what happened between you and him, but I know there was uh, something happened. And then it was like, tell, uh, I'm not going to do this with, with Noel. Or you said, I'm not going to do something with him. I can't remember the... No, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was because I was helping him. I was helping him do the film. As I always said to him, I'm always going to help you, mate. I was helping him. But he didn't like how long I was taking. Right. And I wasn't taking long on purpose. I was doing it properly. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This is I was dealing with Universal and all that, so studios take long. Right. And he got so frustrated, he went and signed a contract with Revolver and just cut me out. Right. That's how that's how all the fallout happened. And I'm like, right. I said, so, how so, the fuck are you going to cut so, me out? I've been helping you. So I'll tell, so I tell you what happened. And then right? he come to you. No, I'll tell you what happened. 
we were talking about it. You, you and him, as far as I was aware, we were going to do it together. Yeah. And then he went and spoke to Revolver. Yep, cut me up. And yeah. then I'd already done a film with Revolver called Shank. Yep, that's right. And they said, we want to do this film with Adam Deacon, um, cool, and we're going to call it Anotherhood, right? And, uh, and at the time, it was like, you know, I said, you know, what's happening with Noel? Is he involved? Is he going to get a producer credit? Is he in the movie? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. And then... I don't know whether you you said fuck you, I'm not doing it, or Eve said there was something that went on, but as I wasn't involved in them conversations. And I remember doing the film, and I remember like at the time, um, Adam was sort of, as I said, I don't think you'd fall, properly fallen out then, right? When when we was actually going into production on the film, I think you're still talking, but obviously you'd sort of decide not to be involved for whatever. Yeah, I just was like, if, if you're gonna cut, if you're gonna cut the person out that's helped you so many times yeah. over the years and was even helping you, if you're gonna cut me out, then this is what you said earlier. You just go cool, right? Just but, go but, cool. But, but but you know, to to demonstrate, you know, the behaviour, um, you know, he said to me, "Tell, I'm sick of playing." these roles I want to do some other roles and I said well doing a film called Bonded by Blood I'm doing this I'm doing that and I put him in a couple of other movies that's right um, bet. playing playing different roles yeah. so that he could do some different things and I always remember I think I put him in it was either two or three movies and um, and then and then another hood had been finished and then Revolver was like I think we've got something good here you know we're going to get behind it we're going to do this we're going to do that and then I remember uh, the film come out and then we had a film going into production, I think in October, mm. and Universal were involved in it. And um, literally, he was going to be in it, right? And he said, I actually remember um, he'd moved agents and I rang the agent and it was this idiot, right? I won't mention his name, but I rang him up and I said... Um, I said, right, I said, I just want to wrap up this deal because we're going to film this in, in four or five weeks. Yeah, you ain't doing it. Well, he wants he wants 100 grand. And I said, what, what, where'd you get that figure from? I said, you know, he goes, that's what he wants. So we ain't going to get it. I said, you know, I said, we're making low budget films here, mate. Right? Well, that's what he wants. You know, he's BAFTA nominated now. I said, mate, I said, who the fuck do you think yeah. got the film going? Put half the money up. I said, you know, I've got all my literally finance this fucking movie. Yeah, so, yeah. I said, so I said, so I said, and I've actually helped him. I've given him opportunities. Yeah. yeah. So, so he might be BAFTA nominated. He may win a BAFTA, right? But he needs to fucking do the right thing here. Well, that's what it is. So I phoned him up and I said, what's going on? And he went, tell. He goes, it's not me. It's the agent. I went, you know what? Whatever. Do you know what I mean? And then like you, just went like that, right? Yeah. And then the film came out, got BAFTA nominated, and I uh, and he won. And I remember watching the BAFTAs on TV and I remember him getting his BAFTA and going, yeah, well, you know, oh, look, Brad Pitt's over there. Hello, Brad. And, was, and I was looking at him and I was thinking, you should be on a stage thanking the investors, thanking you, thanking me, thanking people that Put you on. helped him yeah. get to that point. No. But he didn't. And no. I always thought, do you know something? You know, I'm not a fucking child. You know, I don't mm. need you to tell me you love me, but... You know, even if you hadn't mentioned me and he hadn't mentioned you, but he just said thanks to the investors or thanks to whoever, but he didn't He didn't do that. And I just thought, that's really bad behaviour. And then I think it was a year or two after that, then obviously you had obviously all started, stuff. started stalking, harassing me, yeah. But, but I remember like people, people were saying, like people reached out to me going, oh, you know, no stopping him getting work. And I was like, 
Yeah, bullshit. No one's not stopping him getting work. And I said, why? I said, I'm sure Noel's busy enough doing his own shit. 100%. Right? And I said, I said he's just paranoid, right? 100%. And, and, and literally, you know, I, the reason I stopped working with him wasn't because I'd fell out of him. I just thought that, you know, I've given you all these opportunities. You basically kicked me in the nuts and told me to fuck off. 100%. So at that point, I was just like, okay, well, you, you crack on. Don't expect me 100%. to that's give the, you any more. That's just the behaviour. But the, the thing is, I, I ignored it because there used to be this old phrase of like, a lion doesn't care for the opinion of sheep. So all that thing when he's like, I, this guy's, you know, this guy's blocking me. I weren't blocking him, man. I was raising kids. I'm, I'm, I'm doing films. You think I've got fucking time to go get an audition with fucking Nina Gold if I was even lucky? And as I leave Nina Gold's office, go, oh, by the way, Nina, don't work with fucking... Fu-. Like, they're laughing. Firstly, they're laughing out of the office. Right. They'll never fucking see you again. Yes. And, and you're, they'll call your agent and go, do you know what he's been saying? So it's, it's, it, was, it was bullshit from the start, but I ignored it because I thought, I'm just doing my but thing. You, but you, but, but you when you ignore the bullshit it fucking permeates and people start believing it. And when they buy into that shit and then the person's career starts doing that, they go, well done, but he's brilliant. How come his... Co- he, must think, be telling the tr- he must be telling but, the but truth. I, but I think, and this is just an outsider looking in, I think um, I think what happened was obviously Another Hood was a massive success. I think it did two point something million at the box office. It was only a little 600 grand movie. Revolver went out of business um, after that film. Probably probably about seven or eight months after that film was released. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, that obviously, you know, was really bad. I mean, because Revolver at the time was one of the best distributors. You know, they, they distributed some great movies, but for whatever reason, they went out of business. And then I think, I think he obviously thought, well, I've got a BAFTA now. I know he went out to LA and he obviously got this big fancy agent and he obviously thought he was going to Hollywood. And when it didn't happen, again, I think... People always want to blame someone. Look to blame someone, yeah. and for him, it's easy to go. Whoever fell out with, well, Terry's not using me anymore. No one's used me to tell. Maybe Noel told Terry 100%. not to book him. But the, but the reality is, nobody in life, right, unless you're really deeply involved in business, room, would actually even listen to that shit. They no, just go, you can't tell me not to hire Noel. If you've got a problem with him, you've got a problem with him. It's like you doing your movie and someone going, "Oh, don't put him in it." You'd be like, "Mate, fuck off! Yeah, I'm doing my 100%. movie." Don't tell me how to direct or cast my film. But he just yeah. believed all of that shit. And I just, you know, I ain't going to spend my time talking about him. You said he's a fucking rat bag, right? So but there's gonna... nothing there's nothing to, to discuss about him. But I remember, um, and, and again, a lot of the, uh, <clears throat> you know, people forget this, but, you know, there was... Uh, he's a, done it again. He's got, his, he's got his film again. Again, taking the, the, the brand and fucking, like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, make your own fucking thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But I think I think what he what, what he was doing when he was, and, and I know he blamed it on mental health and he blamed it on different things. But I mean, he he, he was basically asking people to attack you in the street and yeah. go in your house and things. Asking like that. people to fucking kill my kids. And I remember you run me and, and you said, I, I I can't deal with this guy anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I and I actually said, you know, yeah. you know what I said. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. But I genuinely yeah. thought, what you know, this guy's giving you everything. Right, and because you've basically treated him badly, and he's not giving you anything anymore, and your career hasn't gone the way you want, you're blaming him. Hundred percent. Nothing to fucking do with him. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? But you know, look. But he's, he's like a little. He's like a little Pied Piper. So he's got all these little houseboys running behind him, and when they say this happened, when he, he, he's manipulated, so when he says something happens, they they believe it. But again, it's easy to believe when you go, "Oh, look at him. Was he five foot one?" It's easy to believe when you go, "Look at him," and you look at me. And I have my personality and all that, and then people go, right, but it, 
yeah, it must be true. It's easy to be, it's easy to believe things about me. Like when this other stuff come out, I know we ain't talking about that. When other shit come out, it's easy for people to straight away believe it because they've been hearing that sort of narrative of like, no. oh, he's he's aggressive, he's this, he's that, he's that, that. I ain't, I'm a fucking survivor, mate. When I grew up and and killers were telling me, let's go do this, and you had to say, I ain't doing that. You had to look them in the eye and say, I ain't doing that. Right. You had to make them think. Do I want to make him do it? Do I want to right. risk making him do it? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? You have to make them sort of think, yeah. oh, I don't know about this guy. So when they go, let's do it, you go, I'm not doing that. But I think, but I, I genuinely think, um, you know, from from for anybody watching this that knows the history, um, you know, you 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 did nothing but help his career. Nothing but help him. And and you didn't end his career. And I don't care. I don't even want to, I'm not even going to read his text message. I've got more messages of apology and all that kind of shit. Because there were times when he would know and he would message me talking about, you've done so much for me and all that. I've still got them on my phone. or <laughs> I've still got them. I read one on another podcast. I ain't going to do that again. No, no but, it, but, but the thing is, it's like, I know the truth. And he, deep down, he knows the truth. The, and he knows what he said about my kids. He knows what he said about my wife, my mum, and all that kind of but shit. But for me, genuinely, and, 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 you know, I think in life, you know, if, if bridges are burnt for whatever reason, you can rebuild those bridges. And I genuinely think... You know, if, if it, look, he's, 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 he's done this new film. It's going to be a success. He's obviously cracking Because it's on, my brand, yeah. But he's, crack, he's cracking on doing whatever he's yeah. doing. But what he should do, and this is my opinion, right? So, you know, it might not be worth anything. But I do think he should literally... If I was him, I'd be like, now, let's put the past behind us. I'm sorry. Do you know what I mean? He's and never apologised. No, no, but what I'm saying is, if he was a man, he would. Right? He ain't a man. But, but he should. He right. should. And that's my opinion. He right. should. But um, he ain't a man yeah. and he ain't, he's never apologised. I think, to, you know, to your point about, I think anyone you fall out with in life, life's too short, man. Like you, can, you fucking can get on and you can build bridges and go, look, do, do you know what? This happened. It was in the past. Let's crack on. But not only, he, firstly, he, he, he threatened to kill my children. That's a different level. Yeah. yeah. He didn't burn the bridge. He nuked the bridge. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? He blew it up. And then, and then, he, then yeah. he was very intricately involved in what happened to me recently. Right. And I'm like, you just don't do that to people. No, no. You just don't do that to people. But, but the, the, obviously we've talked about, obviously the- But Doghouse was a good time, but by the way. Doghouse was fun, right? Yeah. Um, and look, so there's- Apart a from that girl that said I was smooching her every day, but you were there, weren't you? Well, do you know, this will make you laugh. <laughs> this will make you laugh, right? So, so, and this is a true story, yeah. right? I remember, um, me and Noel, obviously, we were working on that film together. Yeah. And we were the only ones, really, that were sensible, right? That, that went to bed, woke up in the morning, did whatever we did, went to bed. And it, yeah. was, like a, it was like a routine. And then on the weekend, obviously, your wife come down yeah. with your baby. And I always used to laugh because you're the baby going, Mah! and I think, <laughs> fucking hell, he's got all these lines to learn. He's probably sitting there. No, he's not. He's like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And I just thought, I've got to take me out of you. But you, you, you held it together. And I remember when, when, when there was a rap party and your wife come <clears throat> and my wife come and uh, obviously we'd been in this like <laughs> mental asylum for, for five weeks. weeks. Mental ourselves. Or six weeks, however long it was. And I remember like, I think, I don't know if it was a makeup girl or the wardrobe girl, but one of the girls that was working on the film was drunk and uh, she come. A lot of the girls that were working on the film were yeah. drunk that day. But, but, she, but she actually went up to my wife and I'm pretty sure... Your wife was standing next to my wife and they were talking and she went, you two are really lucky. Um, and, and my wife was like, why? And she said, oh, they, they went to bed early. But as I'm walking over, 
I see my wife, and you know when your wife has got that look, like, like what you've been up to, and, and you're and you're like looking at her, and you're thinking, I'm in trouble here, but I've done nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong. And then when the girl walked off, she was like, What the fuck's been going on here? Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> like, what? And I was like, What? And she goes, She goes, She told me that there was people having prostitutes in rooms. Right? I said, well, I was in fucking bed. <laughs> yeah. She said, I know. She, she said, said, She said, she said, said, she, yeah. said she told me. That you and Noel were the only yeah. good ones there, and, yeah. I, and I laughed about it, and I was just like, "Fucking hell!" It is funny. And one of the producers, <laughs> I, went, I, I don't, wanna, I won't say his name because I don't know if he wants me to. But one of the producers met me not too long ago, and he said, "We didn't like you on the film at the time." He said, "We like you now, but at the time, I said, why?" He said, "Because we didn't trust you." I said, why not? He said, because you were the only one that would go to work <laughs> and after work, you wouldn't come out for a pint. You wouldn't come out on, you know, on the last, you would just go to bed. And I'm like, and he said, everyone else was having a, you know, and right. we, we, we didn't trust you. And I said, well, and the irony of me sitting here, do you know what I mean? <laughs> the, irony, the irony, in fact, I remember, and this girl still speaks to me actually, she's a, right. she's a mate. I remember there was a girl, like, so one of the Zombirds was so drunk and she was like falling all over. And I remember I, uh, she was like, and you know, you could see all the, all the fellas like circling. And I grabbed her, put her arm around my shoulder. I walked her up to her room and I put her in bed and she's like that on the bed. And I just put the blanket and I left. And she still speaks to me to this day, right. to this day, even after everything, she still talks to me and she goes, I know what they said was bullshit. Cause I remember that day when I was absolutely ratted right. and you took me up to my room, put me to bed and left. Yeah. And she goes, just that. And you know, they'll all say, well, just because you didn't kill you doesn't mean he's not a murderer. But <laughs> she's like, just because of that, I, I, I fucking know. And I'm like, well, well yeah. as I said, you know, when, uh, when all the stuff come out, you know, I, you probably remember I rung you and I was yeah, like, this is fucking mad. And I actually it was, was like, and, I, and, and you know, I can only speak as I find. And, and you know, I've known you for, as I said, 16 years. Yeah. And I've never seen any bad behaviour. Yeah. Right, I've seen you. I've seen you like fucking lose your rag, and I've yeah. seen you being like, like this has got how we got to fucking do it. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, mate, like if you work with anybody that's successful or that's driven, you know, people don't tolerate fucking fools. You know no. what I mean? If you're if you're like we're doing this, we're doing that, something's fucking about. You pull it up and go, listen. And then people are going, oh, he's so aggressive. But it's like, no, I'm not aggressive. I actually want to fucking get this done. You want to get it done. Because and, and if, if it don't get done, it's on me. Exactly. And it, ain't, it ain't on Bob the costume guy. It's on fucking me. What, and what people don't understand is if you make a low-budget film and you've only got a limited amount of funds and you've only got a limited amount of time, it's like being in a fucking pressure cooker. Yeah, you ain't got pick-up days. You ain't got pick-up. You got, you got one pick-up day. You yeah. ain't got a week. That's what I mean. Yeah. So when everyone's like fucking about and obviously you get people... Um, I've had it on, yeah, we've had five people on films before. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they've not done their job or they've not performed or they've said they can do this, but they can't. And unfortunately, you know, when you've got, unless you've got a studio and you're making big budget films, you've got massive, you can just write as many checks as you want. Yeah, exactly. You can employ the best people. Then it's not as pressure. It's still pressure, but it's not as much. But when you're on that little, it's four or five weeks, got to get it out, got to do it. Everyone's got to fucking get on the stage and deliver. Everyone's got to know their lines. And, you know, it, it, because you're disciplined and you write, act and direct and produce, you, you understand it probably better than anybody. Yeah, you understand so, the free sticksy. But also what it, what it does do is like, there's, a, there's an actor, like really big actor now, a really big actor who held a grudge against me for years and I, I didn't know. Right. And it basically turned out that they auditioned for something in 2007 and they got down to the last two and then I, they didn't get the job because I give it to Arnold, I give it to Arnold Oaching. Right. Right. And what I realized about the grudge was, because I love, I love this guy, I loved him. 
right? I didn't know him, but I knew Arnold. So when it come down to the last two, I was like, do I go with the guy I don't know that I've seen, but I like, or I go with a guy I know? And I was like, I'm directing my first movie, I go with a guy I know, right? And that was it. Years later, I realised this guy had a, a real problem with me. And what I realised is it wasn't just about the grudge. It's about if you audition for a thing and you just meet a random director, random director, and you don't get the job, you go home, you don't think about it, you never see that director again, most likely. Right. But when the director's also an actor and a star and a writer and all that kind of stuff, when you go in and you don't get that job, then you have a constant reminder because that guy's also the star of like, yeah, that's the guy that I didn't get the, I didn't get the job from, I didn't get the job from, I didn't get the job from. And it builds up and builds up. Mad, mad. But it built up. This person had a grudge against me. I, like, I didn't find out for like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like five years later when I found out that they had a grudge against me because they didn't get the job. And I'm like, how many jobs have they been to as an actor and not got the job? Do they hold grudges against all them directors? No, they don't. But I'm so visible. I was so visible. Right. It's like you can just, you can blame because you see. Whereas that director that didn't give you the other job, you ain't seeing them again. Well, I, think, I think also of actors, actors, yeah, 95% of all actors are unemployed. And I think when actors don't get a job, um, they're obviously not happy. Right. I never give a fuck. And, and normally what happens is they can go, fucking casting director, or that, I went to that audition and there was just a cam on with, and it wasn't even a cast director, it was just some girl someone, or some guy. Someone to blame. Just, just, just mumbling the lines, didn't really give me any feedback. Oh, the producer didn't like me, the director didn't like me. Someone to and, blame. And it's, and it's literally, who can I blame? And obviously, like you said, because you're doing so everything. So out there, yeah. You're doing everything. Yeah. It's like, you it was can't easy even, to just You stick. can't even say, well, sorry, it's Universal. Nice. The producer, it's you. Yeah, so you're the one who's you get getting, the blame. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, someone, someone to blame, which is which is annoying. But that's 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 what happens, you know. And, yeah. and I think that that happened to me a, a few times. And what is, you know, when when we had the company, I say to to Jay, like when we had the company, it was always the same thing. I understood. I understood that anything in the company that went well, like Bulletproof, come out and goes well. Ah, oh, Noel's company, Noel's company, blah blah blah. But consequently, anyone we ever fired. Right. Anyone we ever discipline, any show we turn down, anything that we do that people didn't like, it was always on me. Right. Even if I didn't make the decision, because we had a team of people, we had like five five employees and four three satellite employees, like you know. But it would always be like you know they're sitting at home angry to their wife. They don't go, oh yeah, that that Sally from such and such turned down my film. They just go, yeah, fucking unstoppable turned down my project. That fucking no clock. Like do you know what I mean? Right, right. You're always gonna be. But that's, that's that five-year-old kid with that energy. Yeah. I mean, one, so, so obviously we, we went on uh, and talked about lots of different things here. But if we go back to, um, obviously, after Adult had come out and you directed it, massive success. Massive, yeah. We obviously did um, Doghouse together. Yeah. And then... Uh, 4321 I've done, done you a did, million. I remember you did 4321 and you did some other bits. Um, but, but sort of what happened after that? Because, because I know... When we spoke, the ago, fast girl, fast girls. You were, ta you were talking about um, TV, television. I remember you were talking about it. But but how did you go from obviously you know doing these movies like Fast Girls and Four Three Two One? When when was when, when did you actually start the television? Was that two thousand fifteen or was that? Yeah, that? started started thinking about it earlier because I don't know when Netflix started launching. I don't remember, but I know when that started launching. Everyone was like. I remember, I'm, it's so weird because I remember having a conversation, someone's like, this thing's never going to work. All they're doing is licensing, all they're doing is licensing old films like Terminator 8 and Robocop 7 and all this thing. It's never going to work. It'll be dead in 10 years. Blockbuster will be back. And I kept thinking to myself, but imagine if they made their own stuff. Right. 
just thought, imagine if, and then one day I remember reading the thing, Netflix had decided to make original content and yeah. I thought everyone's fucked. I thought everybody's fucked because if, at the moment everyone's living off them because they're licensing this, that and the other. I'm like, if they start making their own shit, right. they don't need anyone else. Right. right? And so I started thinking, oh, we'd get some TV on. And I've, to this day, I've never had nothing on Netflix, but uh, that I've made. Right. But I started thinking about TV and then I remembered that Ashley and I in 2009 had created this TV show, right? Oh, I created this idea, right? And it's a six-page document that we had. And, you know, we didn't know, we didn't know what we wanted it to be, whether it could be a film, whether it be a TV show. Right. So, you know, we worked with people, like we had iterations of, of what it became and things never went anywhere. And then I remember I was just pitching, 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 pitching. I had people tell me like, nah, this is never going to work with two black people. And you know, I've said that a million times, whatever. And I remember meeting Vertigo and telling them about the idea and they said, what you got? I said, I got this document, six page document. So give them this six page document. And I went, we love this. We want to make this into a show. And I'm like, yeah, well, it can, it can, be, a, it can be a fucking show. And so we want to team you up with Nick Love. You, Ashley, Nick Love. No, they're like, no one's going to say no to that. We go to Sky, whatever like that. And this is like 20, 2016, 20, not long after Brotherhood. Because after, right. brother, after Brotherhood, which I'll get onto that in a second. Yeah. After Brotherhood, everyone was like, oh, 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 oh okay. He's still, still here. Still got the clout. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, and then it went from there. And Bulletproof just went through the process, through the process, through the process. And, and How long did it take, though? So 2009 was when you had the idea. You started pitching it. but I think I found an email where we sent, we sent some people the six-page document, maybe 2008, 2009, yeah. Wow. And then when did it actually... When was the first episode? Was it 2019? We started shooting in 2017. So that's eight years in the making. You know, yeah. people don't realise how long... Started shooting in 2017, come out, first season, come out 2018. Right. Do you know what I mean? But brother, so Brotherhood, so after adulthood, I'd done a bunch of like Fast Girls, 451, nothing was really hitting. And it was intentionally, intentionally, not, not intentionally that they weren't successful, but it was intentional that I was doing different things because I wanted to take the audience... Do you, do you know something, though, no, I did exactly the same thing. I got to the point where you've done a lot of crime stuff, I did a lot of these sort of hood movies and I thought, I'm gonna I do can't something just different. keep doing fucking crime films and yeah. hood movies. And that was a mistake. Because I think, because I think, right. cause I think it's, you know, there's that old saying about standing your line. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you're good at something, right. you just have to focus so on that. what happened was, when I started making these sci-fis and all this kind of stuff, the fans, the audience didn't come. Right. I mean, they, make, they were making like 200, 300 grand well, what opening weekend. What are you trying to tap into though? And, and this was like us. Trying to tap into a new audience, a new market, a new genre. And I think what happens with that, you can get lucky, right? And just go bomb. And all of a sudden it's like, fuck me, this guy's yeah. such a talent. But then also, the people that love your shit yeah. so ain't going to watch that. That's, that's what happened. So, so basically, yeah. I was trying to do all this new stuff, but I was getting, I would get stopped in the street, you know? Like, because my, my, our audiences are very similar. I get stopped, you know, real fucking people, right. van drivers, delivery right. men, like people that work in restaurants, you know, that say, man, I fucking love your stuff. When I get home after a long day at work and I sit on the couch, I just love to see you cracking heads and doing all that. <laughs> and I'd be like, what, what, what's this last one with sci-fi and all that? I said, when I come home, I don't want to see that. Right. I don't want to see you fighting aliens. I want to see you knocking some guy out. And, I, and what I realise is after a while is, you don't have to try and get a new audience. You have to let this audience grow with you. Absolutely. And what I did was I went, oh, mate, you guys are brilliant. Now watch me in this sci-fi. And some of them come, yeah. but a lot of them were like, I don't want to see that. Right. So then I was like, oh, so I thought I'm going to do Brotherhood. So I sat down, 
wrote brother. I said to Jason, "Listen, I'm writing Brotherhood." Mate. So, what, how did you and Jason's relationship come about? Because, because so after four three two one, he came to the Premier four three two one. Right. He was the same guy that got me into the business. Ricky got him into the business, and then who's Ricky? Ricky Beetle Blair. Oh, sorry, Ricky, yeah. of course. And then in two thousand and eleven, was doing this rom com called The Knot. Right. Um, that my mate Jeff come up with in college, but we've written the script. Me, Jeff, and another guy, three of us written the script. And we needed some money, and Jason come with the money. Right. And that's how, that, so that was 2011. Then he had his own production company, and I had my own production company. Right. So I did Storage, Anomaly, he did Hooligan Factory. Yeah, I remember. And I was like, this guy, man, I was like, this guy, he, all the weaknesses I have, like budgeting and sort of like, the sort of like, how am I? Like the sort of, I don't want to say schmoozing, but the niceties. Right. Right. I said, he's fucking good at that. But I can open any door. Right. I can call anyone, I can open any door. People are like, you know what I mean? And I was like, let's work together. And he was like, nah, mate, man, I've got my own thing. I said, come on, man, let's work together. Went, nah, nah, nah. I kept pestering him, pestering him. And eventually he's like, all right, let's do it. And I said, I, I ain't going to fuck about. I'll give you off the company. We're going to be partners, but you're going to bust your ass and we're going to do it. And he was like, cool, I'm in. And we done it. And we fucking, I don't give a fuck what they've done. I do give a fuck what they've done. But you see what they've done to me. You see what they've done to him. You see what they've done to us. But we did it. Yeah. We did it. Do you know what I mean? And at the time they smashed us, we had three greenlit TV shows, two greenlit movies. I had a kid's book. I had a novel deal. Like, the next five years, we would have fucking took over this whole fucking thing. Yeah. And I don't mean like with an iron fist, like, Arr! but we was flying. Right. We were flying. We done it. Like we were trying to do a project together. We were, we, we, yeah, we were. We were going to do one together. King of Clubs. We were going to yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. We were. Yeah. You know. We were flying. So that's how our relationship came together. But then I did Brotherhood. I said, "I'm writing Brotherhood." He said, "Cool." And I remember going to Universal, and they were like, "Yeah." And then Lionsgate said, "We'll have that." And they said, "We like, we believe in it. We'll give you five fifty for the UK alone." So right. once they five fifty for the UK alone with our yeah. my private investor that I had, that was it. Done. Right. Right. So then. I remember the head of Lionsgate at the time said to me, look, he said, look, I just want to manage your expectations. He said, it's, it's eight years after the last one. Right. There's Netflix, there's Amazon, there's, there's all these things. Said, it's not going to be as successful, but that's just, a, don't be upset by that. That's just the nature of the business. He said, so if we get 1.2 total, that is the equivalent of the 3.4 that you got right. eight years ago, because now there's so many distractions. Brother, Brotherhood did like 3.6. Right. So I said to him, what's that, seven, is it? Is that seven, yeah? <laughs> In the equivalent. Didn't ask you for more money. <laughs> I did 3.6, mate. Smashed, all, smashed yeah. all of them. Smashed all of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember getting that results the next day. And that's the first time, you know, you said the other time, did you ever take a breath? I never took a breath. I'm always like, go, go. But for me, that was like, you're coming back to this after you said you wouldn't do it. If it don't work, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was the first time I was like, and then the next, that Monday morning, 1.3, I was like, mate, we're flying. Your character that was in these films, was he based on a real person or, or was he? Based on a few people I knew yeah. as I was growing up, yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people um, that don't live in the hood or don't understand the hood, um, it'd be good to talk a little bit about, you know, what goes on because, you know, again, we had a guest on the other day who, who, was, who was talking and basically said, from the late 90s, firearms, knives yeah. become the, the standard thing that people would just have. And I had a Glock 17. Yeah. Um, and it was actually quite funny because, well, it wasn't funny, but I, I literally had it in my house in a safe. And when that fucking shit happened with that dumb blind, that nut I run around with a shotgun shooting yeah. people, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but they literally went, 
nobody is allowed to have. But that's the best thing they ever anymore. done. It's the best thing they ever done. Because this country, I, I wouldn't want it to be like America. We got to worry about your kids' school getting shot up and all that stuff. Well, that right? is that is scary. So it's, it's the best thing but, they ever but done. The, but the thing is, the the, the rigmarole you had to go through to get that license. It, well, you couldn't just like walk in and no, go. No, yeah, I remember. You know, I remember. So it, was, it was hard. I remember. It was hard. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah. But 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 I remember like literally the police rang up and said, "Oh, we're going to come and take your gun away." And I was like, "What?" And they was like, "Yeah, well." The dumb lame thing, you know. We're no, no, it's the be best thing the police, best and, thing the police ever did. Yeah. But I knew people that used to used to drill guns and all that shit. This right. is why. That's why that was. Because they get the deactivated ones and they yeah. recommission. That's them. why it was in the film, like when right. Trif had to drill a gun and all that kind of stuff, and you know, make a shit sort of commissioned thing. So, you know, there were people with knives. A lot of my friends stabbed, got stabbed. A lot of people I know, a couple people, I, a couple people I know got shot. It wasn't prevalent, but a couple right. people I know got shot. Friend of mine stepped on someone's trainers in a club, got shot in the neck. That was that. Well, in, in the old days, I remember, like, if you trod on someone's foot, you'd say, I'm sorry. But, like, yeah, yeah. I think late Some 90s, people didn't care. The late they didn't 90s, care if you were sorry You tread on someone's foot and, you, you, you know, you tread on the wrong person's foot. I yeah. mean, there was, a, there was a story, I don't know if you remember this, at the Coliseum, where there was, a, there was an incident and uh, there was an altercation and they went outside and the guy got shot and they fucking put him in a wheelie bin outside the club. Fucking Left him there and yeah. he's dead. Yeah. And and then I think when the uh remove not the removal people, the, the dustbin dust, dust yeah. people come around, they found this fucking body in the yeah. thing. I mean, it was the nineties, I think that's horrible. That's as I said when, as I said, a guy I knew got, got shot, man, like stepped on someone's trainers and got shot and like a lot of my friends people I knew got stabbed and stuff like that. And I don't I I nearly got stabbed. I you know, actually I got I got flattered to, uh, Philip said screwdriver one time. Someone right. tried to rob my chain. Um, but that's so minor compared to right. what people get. And then um, I got chased by a bunch of um, Filipinos with machetes trying to stab me up outside Hippodrome, Leicester Square. Fucking hell. Um, about 20 of them. About 20 of them. Like, and I, we just... That's a, well, yeah. was, that, was that over anything or was you just... No, fucking, I got that energy, mate. No, I went... I was in the, in the, in the club and I knew some of that the girls... a great club as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I knew some of the girls because they went to my college. Right. Right, so I knew some of the girls. I was chatting to some of the girls, and they must have been thinking, "Who's this monkey chatting to our girls or whatever like that?" And a lot of them were from East and didn't know me. Right. The West boys knew me because they went to college with me, and I was chatting to some of the girls from my college from St Charles. And I guess the East boys didn't know me, and you know what it's like. They're all they're all with their mates. Right. I'm just with four of my mates. There's like 50, 60 of them. They're all together from East, and they just decided. And I remember clearly. I remember how they did it as well. It was quite smart more intelligence than I gave them credit for. Right. But one of them come talk to me like you, like, what are you saying, brother? Like, what, looking at me? So I'm thinking, fucking this guy looking at And as he's talking to me, as he's talking to me there, he's not doing anything, but he's twitching a little bit. And another one running from the side and head bumping in the mouth, bang, right. like that. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're smart, man, smart. And then suddenly, once you get hit back in the mouth and you see one, two, then you see three, four, five, see them all. Right, and then it's time to make a fast Well, no, then the bouncer's like going, I don't give a fuck. I said, mate, you see what they're doing? He's like, get out, just get out. I don't give a fuck. So the bouncer just literally turfed me out and then they all just come out and there's like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then there's 20 and they're all just standing there watching. And I'm with me and my two, my like two mates standing there and there's just three of us and there's like 20 of them. And they're thinking, and they're talking about it. And they're starting to put you see in the machetes and they're, but they're, they're like, it's almost like some of them are going, nah, nah, nah. And others are like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're talking about it. And they're there. And then my mate from West, one of the West boys, he tries to talk to them. You can see him talking to them like, fucking like that. And then he comes up to me and he goes, bro, run. 
Mate, that was the best fucking. Yeah, because he, he basically was like, I can't, I can't stop them. So he just came and said, it's almost like he said to them, no, no, I'll go chat to him. But when he got to me, he was like, just went quietly. He goes, run. And we fucking turned and ran, and they just come after us. Oof, and they pulled out the machetes and they come. So I bet us. you're glad you got the fucking gym. <laughs> Mate, we ran. The funny thing is though, it's it's always interesting. It's always it's always interesting this stuff because the funny thing is. It's two of them caught my mate. So they all ran and we all ran, but one of my mates went a different way. We, was all, we all said, as we were running, we're like, meet at John Lewis on Oxford Street, whatever, but we fucking scattered, right? Two of them caught my mate and didn't do fuck all. Right. Because only two of them. They got there and he was like, all right, cool, what, what, what? And then they were like, and they didn't do nothing. But then you start getting into that thing of like, maybe I shouldn't have fucking run. But then, you know you should have. <laughs> do you know something? One of my good pals. <clears throat> but, oh, by the way, sorry. I went to see him the next day. Right. I called, I told my girl, like, fucking call them fucking. And I, I, and I said, any of you want it tomorrow, let's have it. Come down Oxford Street again. And I went the next day. <laughs> I think about it now, I had them, like, earmuffs thing, a cigar behind my ear. I don't know what it was, the leather jacket. <laughs> and I went there the next day. I said, any, and one of them come. Sat down in Burger King like that, opposite each other. I said, what the fuck are you doing? And we had a chat, and then we were cool. Right. But I could have been dead the night before. Well, one, one of my good friends who's, um, uh, he does, you know, Krav Maga. Yeah. And uh, he actually said, you know, once you've got more than one yeah, or run, two. You've got to run. You get, even people that are in the special forces, you know, there is no. Don't let the ego get the no, better of you. It's better to run away. <clears throat> run. And save it for another day. Yeah, and run. do what you've done. Go back. You know what I mean? And, oh, man, yeah. I mean, if, you, if, if, if there's no way out, you have to fight, right? But... If there's a way out, because you don't know what these people are carrying. I knew what they and, were carrying. And, 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 and <laughs> I if, see what they were carrying. If you do know what they're carrying, right, they may not use it, but then you think, well, they're carrying it, so they may use it. I think they would have, because the egos... Fucking, no, why the would e you want to put yourself in that position? The egos, when they're all together, do you know what I mean? I think... so, And, and, they, and I know they had done it before, because I know people that it had happened to, do you know what I mean? Right. So we just ran, I just ran. And then I said, as I said, the next day I met one of them, only one of them come, and he sat down, and he sat down there, we just had a chat. And he's like, no, nah, brother, we didn't know, brother. I think we'd get on, you know. I said, well, we don't get on. Right. So, we're going out for dinner anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be mates, but I just like, I know them girls from college. So how are you going to, ah, oh, brother, yeah, but, you know, and then it was cool after that. Right. It was cool right. after that. What yeah. other scraps have you got into? Have you had any other ones like that? Or was that one of the sort of most serious ones? <laughs> I've, run, I've run from shots a few times. Right. Run from shots a few times. I've run from people in carnival trying to get me. Right. Do you know what I mean? And then just stand there having a fight with a couple of people here and there. But I mean, I, 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 it's actually quite funny because every year people always used to say to me, oh, let's go out to Carnival. The Carnival's great, blah, blah. And, I, and I, at the time I was running One Nation Cabbage, I was doing like 20 events a month, some, some yeah. things. And obviously back then it was like the Wild West. So you'd regularly be like fighting people, yeah. clumping people, like kicking yeah. it. Things yeah. would kick I, I never really got into fights in Carnival. I've had scraps right. with people like just in and around, but I've never got into things in Carnival, because yeah. Carnival was my, Carnival was sort of my, that was my area. But, but the thing is, I was, talking, people I was talking about the events, yeah. and then people were going, let's go to Carnival, and I'm going, I'm not going to Carnival, because I'm going to see so many people that yeah, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, with, because obviously yeah, you're North yeah. London, East London, South London, yeah. West London, yeah. Nottingham, and everyone just comes down to London, yeah. so you thought, 100%. you know, you're going to be wondering about. That's where the trouble is, yeah. All of a sudden, they go, that's that fella, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't in, I wasn't in loads of, like, Big, big scraps and all that. And I remember as I started getting, you know, I told this story before, but I remember as I started getting them older and my friends would be like, nah, you're something about you, something about you. 
I remember there was one time like this guy wouldn't move out my cousin's house. He's like, I ain't moving out, you ain't gonna do fucking shit, man. I'll cut all of you, whatever like that. So my cousin's like, let's go. So we all got in the car, we fucking rolled up in this place. We're like, he's getting out, he's moving out today. Do you know what I mean? So we got there and then my cousin was like, nah, you don't go. I said, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? I don't wanna go. He said, because you are the only one that could probably do something with your life. Right. So you stay here. If anyone comes, you tell us, but you stay here. And I was like, bro, he said, nah, man, I think you got a future. They went up, that guy moved out that day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Funny that. <laughs> that day. But the point was, is I, they started seeing whatever it is I had that brought me here, they started seeing it and they were like, nah, we don't want you to. That's good though, because that's proper friends, you know? Proper friends yeah. that. Yeah, would, I would actually, speak to one of them still, but. But a lot of people would, would, would actually go, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember that conversation. People actually yeah. like saying, no, you stay back. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember that conversation, man. Uh, you know, but, you know, I was like, no, no, I want, you know. Charlie Big tries, I wanna come, I wanna come, man, I'll box him up. Bro, you're the only one of us that we think can do something. Like, right. you don't go up. It was like Goodwill Hunting. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's legit, bro, it's, it's legit. Do you know what I mean? And, and obviously, you know, you, 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 you've been with your wife how long now? It's gotta be 20 years? 16 years married. 16 years, wow. Married, and then yeah, we were together a few years before that, so yeah. Amazing, and, and how many children have you got? Now? Four. Wow. Four, we had a baby just when all the madness happened, man. It was right. the worst. You know, it the whole it was just the worst thing because like all these things come out, people saying this, saying that. I'm I'm, I'm like this ain't real, this ain't drill. And she's going through. My mum's going through it, who's not not well. You know, my dad's going through it, who who's not well. And then my my missus is is pregnant. It was it was the worst the worst thing, man. You know what I mean? The thing is, as well, people don't don't see that. They don't, I mean, they, they don't care. They, 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 but but the thing is. They didn't see that. You know they don't I mean? care. And they said they made me out like I was some like some monster. Do you know right. what I mean? So like, I think people don't care. Me, they don't care about how it affects your children, how it affects your health, because they paint you as this monster, and therefore the, the society, the society that we live in now, is when they decide you're this monster, you deserve everything you get. Someone can say you said a comment and that traumatized them, so your life's got to be fucking ended. Well, do you know something? The, the, the thing that I find shocking now, it, like, obviously having young kids, right, and they go to school, and you hear them talking about mental health issues and kids, like, yeah. self-harming and going through this shit. And, and I said to my son, I said, what? I said, I said, you know, I can't imagine what it's like being a kid now, right? And he said, Daddy, he said, it's so hard because he said, you, you don't know what you can say, what you can't say. Yeah. And, and because we're in this fucking crazy world where, you know, people can say whatever they want and, and, and like, nobody... Questions no, it. There's no... There's no uh, due process. There's no due process. It's just like, okay. And, and, and also, like, you know, a lawyer, I know really well, said, if your son goes out with a girl, and this is fucked up, right? Yeah. And, you know... Tell him, you know, to be very careful. He's not in an enclosed space with on her own, because if she decides that he's done something wrong and says that he's touched her inappropriately or done something to her, like she, you, your son can have his life ruined, right? Yeah. And and also, um, you know, if they're out and they're drinking, they're having fun, and then they end up going back to her house, going back to his house, yeah. and then they, they something happens, right? You know, he said it's almost like you've got to go. Can you just sign this yeah, consent they can, form? They can say two right. days after, actually, actually, I decided I didn't like that. Exactly. 
And the, and the problem is, it happens with boys, it happens with girls. But I think what 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 the world's done now is it's like, I believe, right, without any shadow of a doubt, there's there's bad people, right, 100%. who do bad things, right. Well, so, we, we know there's bad yeah, people. So 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 I'm not saying that you know it's right or wrong, but what I am saying is that there are bad people, and those bad people need to be punished. But but I think the issue is there's lots of people out there and because people know that if they say that person's done something or that person's whatever fuck them up, yeah. they can basically throw under a bus one of my mates has got a, a big hotel company and he had a christmas party and one of the djs was playing just music right popular music and in one of the songs there was some lyric right it was some rap song i can't even remember what it was and he said two of his staff wrote a letter to the HR department and said, we were triggered uh, by the song, by the lyrics. song, and we can't come into work now. We, we've got to seek, you know, emotional support and all this. And he, he looked at it and he, he sort of laughed and he was like, he's like, is this fucking like a wind up? That's right? real, isn't it? But peop I think what, what it's doing, it's giving people permission to become bad. So it's literally saying to everybody, look, if you say this, yeah. you can fucking ruin people's lives. You can actually go out and you can say, that guy's touched my ass. I mean, I've got to say one thing now, right? I've known you 16 years. Yeah. You never sent me a dick pic. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you never, What's going you've on? Never, you never flirted I, enough, I, Terry. I feel like I even you, dressed up as a woman in dog You house. never flirted <laughs> enough. You never flirted <laughs> enough, mate. I'll send you one after. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. But no, 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 no. I know what you mean, though, man. But and no, it's like, all joking apart. It, it, it's, it's, it's that thing where... And also, like... Um, Another lawyer that I know actually said to my, uh, said to me, and I, and I mean, I, as, as a parent, and as a sort of 50-year-old man who's growing up, and I actually think that I'm worldly and sensible, um, you know, someone said to me the other day, make sure your kids do not send any naked pictures, yeah. right? And I'm like, well, they're kids. I hope they're not fucking doing that. Right? They, might, they might be. And, and my son, who you've met, um, said to me, he said, Dad, he said, this girl keeps sending me pictures of her tits. He said, he said, I don't know what to do. I Reporter. said, don't fucking do anything. Reporter. I said, don't do anything. I said, delete the pictures. Yeah. And I said, do not send anything back. And don't, don't right? say anything. Do yeah. not engage. Yeah. Right? Don't say nice tits or Nothing. anything inappropriate. Just delete and, and, yeah. and just say, please don't send me this stuff. And he said, he said, yeah, but you know, it's quite nice. And I said, I said, don't, because I said, I said, if you send her something or you say something to her, she keeps that message, and then later on, you fall out of her, and then she goes, oh, look, he was, he was saying things about my tits. And, encourage, sudden, and encouraging me and all this kind of and stuff. And then all of a yeah. sudden, he's like Jimmy Savile or some like sex mm. offender, and you just think, yeah. you know, and, and I do feel like the world's gone a bit crazy. And it, I, it has, and the thing I is, hope, is like... I all... hope, and I was just going to say now, I hope that common sense prevails at some point, and we go back to how things were, but I think... I, I, don't, think, I don't know me because I just think it's at this place where, you know, and, and like you, I, I feel like, you know, when people have done, you know, people make mistakes. Like the, the problem with all this stuff, it doesn't even allow for, let's say that everything that happened was true. Like, and I was like, mate, you know what? I made a mistake. Even if it was all true, which hundred percent ain't, I still wasn't spoken to by authorities. I still wasn't, I, I went to the police reporting false allegations and no one talked to me. So you'd have to go, well, 
hold on, they've made him out like all this stuff and still no one's come and talked to him. Like, let's, let's, let's take stock a little bit. But the world's in that place. And the worst thing is, is everyone's in fear of their own thing. So the moment something like this happens, right. your mates turn on you, you, you know, your, your people just, that are supposed to be your, your, your friends will just turn on you. Right. It's just, it's just a crazy, crazy time. Well, I haven't turned you on, I'm still your mate. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. But, but, but you know what, genuinely, I, 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 I mean, I sort of despair really because you, you just- you said to me earlier, like, you know, you see people turn on me and you just thought, you know, it weren't, it but, weren't. But, but, gen, but genuinely, like, you know, I, 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 the one thing that I, that I found shocking when, when, uh, when all this stuff started happening, and like, I've, I've known you for 16 years, right? And, and I've, uh, and I came as a friend, right? And I, I do genuinely think, if it was true, right, you would have been, do you know what? I fucked up, I was drunk, or whatever, right? Yeah, I shouldn't have done, done it. I don't I'm really, do it. I'm really, no, but I'm really sorry, yeah, yeah. right? That is what I thought. And I did actually say to my wife, I said, if any of this stuff was true, he would have just put his fucking hands up. Well, I still, I, I still said sorry anyway. And then they go, I still said sorry if I offended anyone anyway. And then they go, well, he said sorry. He must have done it all. And it's right. like, well, no, you still say sorry if you've upset people. Right, of course. Because if you're a normal person, you don't want to upset people. Do you know what I mean? Well, I, as I said, I, 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 and I think that the thing that upset me the most was there was people that I've known for a number of years, people that you've worked with and known for a number of years that come out and basically just said, yes, uh, you know, I'm standing with the women. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you sort of think, well, you know, if if you and, and maybe their PR or their agent or their manager or their friends or whoever told them you've got to do this to distance yourself from, mm -hmm. from Noel. But the reality is, right, if if I'd have been in something with you, um, I, I I wouldn't have made that post and I wouldn't have made those comments. I'd have just said, listen, I've known Noel for that amount of time. Yeah. I've never seen anything yeah. inappropriate going on. And if it is true, I stand with the women. Yeah. If it ain't true, I'm not fucking standing with the women, right? Yeah. So so let's find out what the truth is here. Because the thing is, in life, you know, we should be seeking the truth. And I think there's so much fake news, there's so much bullshit. And there's and, and it's like, you know, when you when you uh talk to people now, and, and that's I think another cause of this mental health is the kids don't know what they can say, don't know if they're allowed to have an opinion. It's like walking around on eggshells and it's like, yeah. I think this, if I say it, will I upset someone? And it's like, if you say anything, you're either anti this, anti that, racist, far right. You know, there's no, there's no yeah, homophobic the, the, or, you know, what, so yeah. it's, it's literally like, if you don't say or agree with whatever the narrative is, right, or whatever people think the narrative is, they out uh, um, be. Yeah, a, a certain, a certain majority of, a certain minority of the people. And I, yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting, man, and it, it is upsetting, and it's hard to raise kids in 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 a world like this. But also, it is where it is where you know you start to, you know, because you know recently I've heard a lot of things about, you know, recently a lot of people being messaging me and start so, a lot of people are starting to turn on the people that yeah. did it. So people are now starting to tell me things. Right. You know, people messaging me going, by the way, I know who done this, I know who done that. I'm like, really? Right. Sending me messages and they're starting right. telling me things. And what's interesting about it, when, when starting to hear stuff like that, is like, you hear about guys that are involved, and I'm like, if you were directing a film and shagging girls in the art department, you shouldn't be talking about me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You start hearing, if you were working in a company, a production company, 
and shagging two of your employees? Why am I here? Why am I now hearing that you're talking about me? Do you know what I mean? And right. you start to hear all these things and you just think, what hypocrites? Yeah. And you realize it was never about anyone protecting people. It was about, they didn't like what I had. Right. And they Jealousy. wanted to take it from me. But, yeah. but, but do you know what? I think people that are listening or watching this podcast, you've gone through this like traumatic time. You've had everything ripped away from you. You've had your career destroyed by this, this stuff. I mean, how did you deal with it? I mean, you know, because it's like one day you're fucking there. Flying. And the next day you're like Gone. on the floor going like, what, what the fuck's happened? And it, and, it, and it was like, it was like instant. It wasn't even like over a few months. It was literally like, boom. 24 right? hours. Done. But, but you know, what, what, how did you, it's, because, it's, and the reason I'm asking you this, it's not because uh, of any other reason than I think, other people watching this may not have gone through what you've gone through, but they may have lost everything. Yeah. They may have had a trauma in their family, they may have lost someone. And I think how you cope with it and how you got through it and how you've kind of rebuilt, I think people would find that interesting though, to, to actually... Well, I mean, there's no easy answer there, you know, because it affects, it affects everything. Like, you know, to the point where, you know, you know, I used to pay, help my cousin pay for his house. I used to send my, I got a half brother no one really knows about. I used to send right. him money for his medicine. I used to, you know, help fly my family over. I can't do none of that now. Right. Do you know what I mean? You know, my, my, my little one can't go to the same nursery that my other three went to because the fees are too much. Right. I can't get the life insurance that I used to get because the life insurance I used to get, when you try to renew it, they go, oh, have you ever had, um, have you ever, they go through the questionnaire, have you ever had this palpitation? Have you ever had suicidal thoughts? Now most people just go, nah, of course I fucking ain't. I can't say that because I was in the paper. Right. And if they see that you're lying, they void your insurance. So I say, yeah, I have had that. And you know, I didn't ever act on it, but I nearly did, but I haven't, but I'm okay. We can't, like, we can't insure you anymore. We can't right. give you life insurance. Like they don't understand the impact that the things that they do have. And so getting through it, like the first six months, Obviously, people like you called me and, you know, were just like, look, mate, I don't know. You know, I remember you saying to me, like, I don't, I weren't there. You might have done, but I'm your mate. And if you have done, you need to get in trouble. But if you haven't, but I'm your mate. And so when you come out, I'll be here. <laughs> if you don't go in, you know what I mean? I said, I ain't going in because it's, not, it's bullshit. But I don't know what the answer is. There's, as I said to you from the start, you know, when we first talked about being that kid, there's a resilience that I've always had. Right from the beginning, from birth, I've always had this resilience where, like, I know who I am. Right. What they did was they took away my discipline. They took away my knowledge of who I was. So for six months, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm gonna slit my throat, I'm gone. But, the, but and a lot of people won't understand why you would do that. But unless you're in that fucking you, position. Because people say you to you, know. you don't know. People say to you, and I've, I spoke to someone about this the other day and they said, don't, because you know, the other day in summer, I got a little bit down again, you know, and people say, don't, you've got a beautiful family. But when you're there, you don't think about that. No. When you're there, you don't think, oh, I got wife and kids, don't do that. All you think, and anyone who's had this will know, like all you think is they're going to be better off without me. Yeah. They'll get a new dad, she get a new fella. I don't want to be a burden, they'll be better off. That's what you think. And it's a struggle to get out of that, you know what I mean? My discipline that I had was always like, I get up X amount early in the morning, I go gym, I come home, I write five pages before my mates even get out of bed. They took my discipline. The depression that this thing causes is a, sometimes where 
I couldn't get out of bed. Do you know what I mean? They fucking broke me. And, but that's what they wanted to do. Right. This was never really about, you know, because if, if these things were true, look, they, they, they recently went after um, Russell Brand, right? And yeah. I don't know what he's done. I weren't there, whatever like that, right? But they said they investigated for three years. They had five allegations. They had a whole fucking Channel 4 documentary about him <laughs> on five allegations. If I really had 20 allegations, do you not think I would have had a documentary? They would have done a fucking Apple TV show, 9.99, Amazon Prime, like the monster in the end. Like, do you know what I mean? So why am I sitting there two and a half years later and nothing's happened? Right. Well, he's only had five and they've done a whole TV show about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So where they put you in that place, mate, it just kills everything. But that's what they want to do. They want to emasculate, criminalize. They just want to destroy you because that's what it's about. He said something about this person, destroy their fucking life. That's all it's about. Right. And to build yourself back up again is really, is about that. And I, I was, there was times when I nearly wouldn't, but you go through this thing, you go through it and you just go, who are you? Who are you? What have you really done? What are your interactions with people your whole life? And you have to kind of go through everything to go, I mean, I've gone through every situation, every, every fucking meeting I can remember. And I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I never have done, never done anything. So I'm pretty clear about yeah. what I've done yeah. right over the years. So you go through everything, like, like rocking like a fucking nutter. You go through everything and you do that over and over and over again. And then finally, after you come out of it and you go, nah, I'm not that. I'm not what, I'm, I'm not what they said. Have I ever made mistakes in my life? Yes. Of course you fucking have. You're a human being. But then you go, are you what they said? And you really got to look yourself in the mirror and go, you know what you are, who you are. And I, you know, it took me months, months to be like, I'm not that. Well, also, you know, if, you, if you're on the receiving end of this shit, you know, you do actually question your fucking sanity. You actually sit there and go, you know, am I this guy? You know, and, it, and it's, it, it is fucking... 100%, there was one of them. Obviously I can't talk because there's, there's legal stuff going on, but there's one of them that said this stuff. I'm sitting there thinking, did that happen? Did I do that? Did that happen? Go through it in your mind and you're like, nah, it didn't happen. And then someone calls you and goes, I was there. That never happened. And you're like, you were there? Fucking hell, why didn't you call me two months ago? Mate, I, I didn't know didn't know if I could reach out, didn't know of him. But I was there, remember? Yeah, you were there. That never happened. You start going, yeah. And then more people start contacting you. Nah, but I was there, mate. Yeah. No, no, they weren't 10 minutes late. They were two hours late. Did you, did you throw, throw yourself, would you say when you just put yourself in the gym, you focused on your family? No, mate, I, no, I couldn't do anything, mate. I, I, when I tell you I was nearly out of here... But I, how long did it take you, though, to... It took me, like, six months, maybe. Six, wow. seven months before I, I could even hit... I didn't go to the gym, mate. I, I didn't go wow. to the gym. I didn't go to the doctor for two years. Wow. So any problems I was having, injury... I didn't, go, I didn't trust the doctor. I thought, if I go to the doctor... Doctor's going to tell the newspaper, oh, he's in here for this, that and the other. I didn't go to the doctor for two years. Didn't take my kids to the doctor for two I, years. I remember when I met you um, in, in London. Yeah. And I saw uh, the effect it had, had on you. Yeah. You know, you was sunglasses, uh, yeah. mask, you were literally like, yeah. you know. And, and I wear my sunglasses all the time anyway. But yeah. No, but, mask, but you yeah, did, but, but, you, but you know, you, you was... You, I was had, I'm, it, like, it, I'm like that. I was had, like that. It, had my, it, did, it did, I saw the the actual effect it had on you. And I did actually think at the time, fuck me, you know, this guy's really had, had a fucking, you know, it's, 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 it's awful what, 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 what that, you know, what happens here, but you know, it's just terrible. But again, you know, for me, as I said, 
I didn't ever see you do anything wrong or bad. And when I look back and I sort of think, if all this stuff was happening, what, why didn't anybody else, you know, you got, there's, there's a hundred people on a film set. I'm sure there would have been 50 witnesses come out and go, oh yeah, I saw that. You know 100%. I mean? yeah. so, so, so the fact that there wasn't, there was people on social media, but again, it's just people retweeting stuff and listening to the bullshit and just going, okay, yeah, you know, and, and obviously once something's put in print, whether it's true or false, yes, it doesn't matter. Same, no, right? it's the same with the internet. If, it doesn't matter if it's true or false. As soon as people start going, oh yeah, blah, blah. And, and, and I just think, I think, I think, you know, at, what, what, so when, was it 2000? It was in COVID, wasn't it? Was it 20? No, it was after. So what, when was it when this came out? Was it? 21. So 21. So we're two years. Two and a half, yeah. April, two, April 29th. Okay, so we're two and a half years now. A week um, before my kid's birthday. Wow. And I had to have his birthday where we were hiding out in some fucking place where his dad's literally about to fucking do that and we're trying to make this kid's birthday special. Do you know what I mean? And then my other son's birthday is a week after that. Okay. And you're trying to make their birthdays, and big birthdays too, like 13, 10, and you're trying to make their birthday special when you're... you're and he's like, I mean, and you, you got to try and yeah. switch off and be, yeah, he's oh, it's yeah. old dad, you know. Happy birthday, yeah. son, do you know what I mean? And, you know, as I said, you know, I've got, I got an ill dad, 80-something years old, he's got to hear that, you know. But you're, you, you, <clears> you look at, you fast forward, though, now, from, 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 from when this happened to two and a half years later. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you, like you said, you've, you've turned, you've, you've got out of that depression now. And you, yeah. Mostly, you, yeah. You're focusing on, on obviously your family. Yeah, writing. And, and writing. And, Looking after the babies. And, and, and what else? Is, what, what, I mean, what's your sort of plans for the future now? Because you, cause, cause you're, you're not one of these guys that just sits there and waits for life to happen. You'll be making a plan. I no, know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I ain't going to talk about the plan because, right. because you just don't, you know right. what I mean? Don't talk about the plan. I'm going to just let them all fucking shit their little pants when no, they not go. To, when I say the plan, I'm not talking about anything. No, no, no. Oh, you're about talking about industry. You, yeah, work. As in, as yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. What you're planning. No, no, I know, I know. I ain't talking about revenge. I'm not, into, right. re I'm not into revenge. Like, it's fucking, they've done what they've done. They right. know what they did, what it is, right? I'm talking about the plan. Right. I'm writing. Yeah. I've been writing. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting things in place to try and just work. Do you know what I mean? That's all I want to do, work. I'm not interested in... You know, interestingly, I was never interested in friends, really. But now, now even more so, right. I'm like, pardon me, not interested in friends. And, you know, I, I met some actors last night at an event and they said, what's the best piece of advice you can give us? And I said, you know, years ago, it would have been something different. But now the advice I give you is they're not your friends. Right. And they were like, oh, I said, don't take that in negative. I said, they're not your friends. Any actor that you think is your mate, if you was in a job and you broke your foot, and we're out for six weeks and the director said, well, we can wait six weeks for Terry or we can, um, or one of you guys could take the lead role and uh, we could just shoot now. How many of them you think would turn down that lead role? None of them. <laughs> not fucking one. They're not your friends, ever. So you're not my friend then now, is that what you said? Well, <laughs> I doubt we'd go up for the same roles, but. But do you know what I mean? You know what right. I mean? And I start trying to explain to these actors, it's like, if they are, can go up for the same parts as you, they're not your mate. And you can make friends. Like, I've got friends, you know, but right. they're not your fucking friends. And it's really interesting how people just piled on with all this stuff. And it was like, any situation that was, was tiny was 
blown out of proportion and people started saying, you know, I've got people suddenly, oh, we, we wrote his films, we wrote his films and actually, you know. It wasn't no. Yeah, it was, it was me behind the scenes and, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And I actually you know, played all those, I was actually, you played all the roles. In your, we used we used CGI, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, in, fucking, yeah in, in Kiroto, that was you. And I've stole it. I've stole it from you. I blocked your career and I stole it from you. But it's interesting. I mean, even even like I know we're not talking about this. We will get back onto the positive. But even one yeah. of your even one of your mates, one of your mates, I think, um, like Vass. Right. So in 2014, 15, when 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 Adam was like threatening my kids and all this kind of stuff. Vass Blackwood was on, on online, like, bigging him up, bigging him up. I'm just like, what? This is a guy I respected, mate. I watched Spats and all them Lenny Henry shows and all that. I'm like, this is fucking, this is a ledge. Lock stock, do you know what I mean? So when I saw that, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this guy, like, he don't know me. I, don't, I never met the guy, but he's backing up Deeks. I'm like, cool. So I'm like, cool. I know where I'm from. I know what I'm about. When I see you, we're going to have a chat. A few years later, I see him, uh, Soho, Berwick Street or something like that. And he's like, yes, brother. And I was like, nah, bro. Like, don't yes me. We're not mates. I said, I know, I see what you've done. I see what you've done. When my man's threatening my kids and you're bigging them up, I said, like, we're not fucking mates, we ain't mates, man. And, I, and I, I, I put it on him. Shook my hand at the end, I'm sorry, man, I didn't mean it. I said, cool, man, we're good, we're good, whatever, we go about our business. When my thing happens, he's on the radio. Yeah, he bullied me as well, he bullied me as well. He, 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 he um, approached me in Berwick Street and, and put it on me for like, da 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 he ain't lying, but he ain't telling you why it happened. Right. You see what I'm saying? And there's a lot of that stuff that was going on where people were like saying their version of events. So just pile on, just pile on. Right. And it fucking does you. Right. So it's taken, it's taken a while to just go, well, hold on, but I didn't, but I didn't happen, but I didn't happen. And then you have to just realize people are, they're not your mates. As I go back to the thing, right. they're not your friends. People are going to say what they're going to say. That's what you have to realize. I have yeah. to come to terms with now in my life, no matter what happens, people are going to say what they're going to say. Yeah. There's always going to, I could literally disprove everything tomorrow and someone will still be like, nah, nah, you did it. I know you did it. I know you did all of it. You're done worse because I've heard, you know, so you just have to, I just now, you get to that thing of acceptance where I just have to go, well, I know who I am. And you're focusing on, and I've just got to focus on the positives. Everybody I know who's gone through any adversity or anybody who's done anything Changes in you. life, they always say, and it's easy to say, be positive. Focus <laughs> on the positives. Yeah. Move, move on. Move on. You fucking move on. Um, <laughs> it is very difficult because obviously you get reminded on a daily basis. Daily basis. But I think what you have to, what you have to do is if you throw yourself into writing and if you go to the gym and if you focus on your kids and and it takes time you can't just wake up in the morning i tell you what i tell you what's been good terry is i would never want this experience i wouldn't wish it on anyone like no one there's even the people that done it to me i wouldn't wish it on anyone but i tell you what it's done it's made me know who i am right i've gone through i went to the hoffman process which is this therapeutic retreat i had that wim hoff no, no, it's a different one. But I had to go to this thing because I was like, I went to the Hoffman process. I've been doing therapy. What is that? I mean, what... The Hoffman process is a therapeutic retreat where you go for eight days, no phone, no communication, no TV, no nothing. You go there and you do like visualizations, you do therapy, bit of counseling, you do the thing and they break you down to childhood and they make you understand why you are the way you are. Right. They make you understand your patterns. Why was I the guy that I never celebrated anything? I was always like, right, on to the next thing. Why was, 
Why was I the guy that got annoyed if someone didn't turn up at three o'clock? Why am I pissed? Why are you pissed off? Why are you annoyed? I did a video on Instagram. Everyone loves it. Why are you annoyed? And they make they break you down and they build you back up. And you start to understand why you are the way you are. And you start to understand what your, the word they love, triggers are. What your activations are. Why you are the way you are. And one perfect example, which is like the video I put on Instagram, is like people didn't, couldn't handle it. When you start having to look at yourself, people couldn't handle it. They started quitting the process. And one day, like, this guy quit. And he's like, oh, fucking. And it was the third person that quit. And the, the facilitator said, who's annoyed that these people have quit? And I put my hand up. I said, I'm fucking, I'm annoyed that he's quit. And he said, why are you annoyed? I said, I'm annoyed because this thing costs a lot of money. And he's come, and you guys said no refunds. And he spent this money. He said, I don't know when I'm going to work again. And he's just wasting this money. And I said, that pisses me off. And the guy went, the teacher was like, but that's his money. Why are you annoyed? And he went, Fair point. I said, I'm okay. I said, I'm annoyed because. On like, his behalf. <laughs> yeah. I said, all right, fair point. I'm annoyed because, like, you asked all of us people here going through these things at, at the beginning, are we going to stick together as a group and go through this therapeutic journey together? And we all said we would, and now he's quit, so I'm annoyed. And the guy went, but if he wants to, if he wants to quit, that's his business. Why are you annoyed? So then I was like, you're starting to annoy me now. <laughs> right? Fucking you fucking annoy me now. Stop fucking asking right. me why I'm annoyed. Right, yeah, but, and then he said, think about it. I said, okay, I'm, I'll tell you why I'm annoyed. I said, I'm annoyed because I've just been through the most traumatic thing in my life, hopefully ever, all right? I, my mum's destroyed, my wife's destroyed, like my, like my kids, everything. I could really just, I just want to go home. And him going home is weakening me to the point where I want to go home. And that annoys me. And he went, but again, if he wants to go home, like you, if you want to go home, you can go home. If he wants to go home, why, why are you annoyed? And I fucking started thinking about it. And he went, who in your life has not done what they're supposed to do? So now when somebody doesn't do what you think they should do, you get annoyed about it. I'm like, fucking hell, man. And it all went back to like, supposed to have a dad, aren't you? Supposed to have someone to raise you and he weren't there. You know what I mean? So now if somebody tells me they're gonna do something, I expect them to do it. And if they don't do it, that annoys me. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm the same though. But <laughs> Both it, the same. Yeah, but it's, it's, it, when you break it down, it's, it's deep stuff. Because yeah. actually, why am I annoyed? If they don't wanna do it, that's their problem. Why are you really annoyed? But it fucking pisses me off. And I can handle it better now. I think, I think the reason why people like that annoy me, right, is because I think life is hard. I think creating opportunities, making money, having a career, having a business, all these things are hard, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you, the only way you're going to ever achieve anything is if you do what you say you're going to fucking 100%. do. It's not rocket science, right? But, but, if, but if you don't do it, yeah. I always think, and, and, and the reason I get annoyed is because I think you say that you want all this stuff, yeah. but you don't want to put the work in. Sure. But so if, you're quitting on it. Sure. But if they want to quit and not put the work in, that's their problem, isn't it? Right, but it still annoys me. <laughs> but it's their problem, isn't it? It is their problem. So why are you annoyed? I just think, I'm, you're annoying me now. <laughs> but do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's deep stuff, because actually, actually, as it, what's the old phrase? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Your point is valid, right? Opportunities, opportunities. But if they don't want to take the opportunities, whose business is it? Yeah, you're true. It's, it's, it's true. their business. True. I shouldn't be annoyed about that. I've given you opportunity, you're wasting it. Move on. Right. And it was really deep. So I've done all this therapy, I've done all these things, and it's helped me understand me in so many different ways yeah. to the point that actually, 
whether I agree with what they said about me or not, which I clearly don't, and whether people believe it or not, which some might, and I think most now, two and a half years later, don't, but it's like, I'm a better person anyway. Yeah. Anyway, and I weren't a bad person in the first place. You know what I mean? I was a regular human flawed person probably, and I still am, but I'm a better person anyway. Right. I don't let things annoy me. You know, I used to get, I get angry, like fuck that guy. It doesn't, doesn't bother me no more. We talked about someone earlier who literally turned on me on the dime, and two years ago, I'd be like, mate, that motherfucker. Now I'm just like, they text me and I respond. I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and you know me, I, you right. wouldn't believe that a couple of years back. Right. I would have fucking blocked that. I was the kind of guy that if, I had, if someone done me wrong, I'd be like, cool. You walk out that door, I've blocked your number, I've blocked your email, I've deleted your thing, you can't, you can't get me. And I used to do that to those people and that's why they pissed off, that's why they all right. done this. Because it, once I was unattainable, I was un unobtainable. But now I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, cool. You know what though? It, so it sounds it's like a journey. you've been on a massive journey. Yeah, very um, much so. But I, I, I'm really excited to see some of the stuff that you're writing. And I think... Well, I, hopefully I can get it made, mate. I, you will. Without any shit of a doubt. Well, hopefully you'll make one of them, you fucking... You never made one of my fucking things. Well, we would have done another together, but... Oh, fuck that movie, man. That fucking trash piece of shit. But I'm... I'd, Look, no, you know, you, you've always been a talent. By the way, I've not watched it. Remember, okay. I, I don't watch it. I don't watch any, I don't watch any of them things, so I shouldn't but, um, even talk about it. But I think, I genuinely believe, right, I mean, you know, you've, you've absolutely, you know, against all the odds, you've you made it as an actor, you won a BAFTA, you won a Lawrence Olivia, um, you know, you made these films that were told, wouldn't work. Um, you know, you made TV shows that were massive. You know, your story's not over yet, mate. And I genuinely believe that you're going to be coming back with something really exciting. And I am watching that space. So, um, you know, I I'm, I'm re really appreciate you coming on now. Always, um, mate. And uh, I hope uh, this podcast was different to all the other podcasts. Yeah. And yeah. uh, we covered some good stuff. Good stuff, mate. So, no, thank you for coming on. Thank now. you, Terry. Thank you, no, it's lovely to see you. Yeah, mate. you too, man. Love no, you. Always. No, love you too, Cletus. Sherman. Sherman, 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 Sherman. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. What a great guest, Noel Clark. Thanks very much for tuning in to the Criminal Connection podcast with the podfather, Terry Stone. I will look forward to seeing you next week where I've got a really good guest lined up. Not as good as me, though. <laughs> fucking podfather. <laughs> podfather. <laughs> <laughs>